Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Yeah. Excuse me while I clear my throat. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Not there yet. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. This is episode number 27, Selling Used RC. Uh, so how's your week been? My week was freaking awesome. Has nothing to do with RC, though. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> how awesome could it be without being able to go flying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... I don't know. I was, I was busy, though. You know, we were on vacation, um, went down to Florida to visit family, uh, and it was it was cool. I had a good time. It was nice. pretty, you know, it was, it was mellow. It's funny because our daughter's just kind of starting out with being on her own, you know. She's mm-hmm. early 20s, and, and she's, uh, I mean, she's been on her own for a while, like 18. She moved out, but she's just starting to be on her own where she has to be responsible has like a full-time job and now she has bills and stuff like that and man the freaking home they moved into really nice house you know a little place uh her and her boyfriend moved in uh down in florida and uh just they have nothing it's funny because i can remember those days you know and yeah they have a you know they have like a, a bedroom set and they have a living room set because her boyfriend did some did moving for I guess a while, and you know a lot of people. There's a lot of thrift stores down there, and a lot of people, you know, just are like, take it. I don't want it. You know, when they move or they they get new stuff or whatever. Right. So they're hooked up that way, but just little things like I was trying to put. I mounted the one TV on a wall while I was there, and I was like, oh, you nice. know, do you guys got a screwdriver? And they like, <laughs> no. What's yeah. Wow. Well, you know, they have like a little tiny set and. You know, no tools, no nothing in the garage. And uh, so I was like, oh, man, I said, I'll go to Home Depot and I'll I'll pick up some stuff. Wait, she didn't give you your line? A screwdriver? Oh, no. Some orange juice. And and I'll take a screwdriver with it. What is it? What did you say? (laughs) Do you want a screwdriver? Yeah, I'll take the tool as well, too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, boy. but it was it was cool to see her and and we oh, dude we went out to dinner like every night and man we ate in some really good places and I went drove up to see my mother too so mm-hmm. it was cool dude it was it was just a lot of a lot of fun knocked some stress away for sure mm. but then coming back on the plane <laughs> it was like it was, it was Sunday we flew back and Sunday was supposed to be like thirty mile an hour winds for the field I was checking you know I was out keeping up with you guys and the mm-hmm. texting back and forth. And we flew into Newark, and uh, man, when we were on approach, uh, it was just so turbulent. My wife was freaking out; like she's sitting next oh, to me, yeah? like, yeah, she gets all worried. And I'm like, what the hell? Do you, or why would you get worried? You know, there's nothing you can do. You freaking out or you being calm is not going to change anything, right? So I'm like, stop freaking out. It's funny because I always imagine this this uh, skit. That I think I don't think I've ever seen, but I was telling her one time about you know if I was an artist or a scene writer, I'd write this skit where a man and a woman were on a plane, and uh, the husband's asleep, and you know the uh, the captain comes on and he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm afraid that we're running out of fuel, or you know we're having severe engine problems, and there's going to be nothing for us to do except for um, we're going to have to try and make a, 
a crash landing in the ocean, mm-hmm. and uh, it really doesn't look good. And then the so the wife turns to the man and she wakes him up and she goes, "Oh my God, the the pilot just came on and said we're going to crash and it doesn't look good and we 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 might not make it." And the husband says, "Well, what the hell did you wake me up for?" <laughs> <laughs> but jeez, right. uh, oh, I think of that a lot when I'm flying for some reason. But anyways, no, it was it was good because. I had, I mean, I'm going to draw this out, but um, I had three movies with me. I had uh, The Martian, I had Iron Man 2, which is like my favorite movie to drink by. Okay. And uh, I can get into that at some point. And I had the new Captain America movie with me. And people are going to be like, well, wait a minute. How'd you, well, I, I, I'll say that I bought it on the street, air quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had that with me. And I was watching the, the Martian movie. Uh, a lot. I watched that on the way down. I watched it once, like when we were hanging out in a hotel room or whatever, you know, at night. And he had a really good point where, you know, he had obstacles to deal with the guy in the movie, and he just dealt with them one at a time. And I kind of like took that approach home with me when I was when I've been working on this big giant project, and I have right. the time it seems to be getting smaller and smaller that I have to do it. So I'm just trying to bang out like one problem at a time, one. One thing at a time, and and trying to get it done. So I've been I've been working on that. Actually, I worked on that today and a little bit um, yesterday. But we had a lot of stuff we wanted to do when we came home. You know, like a lot of cleaning stuff. You know, just stuff yeah, you yeah, do when you're on vacation. Up, you come up, back. Yeah. yeah, I worked on the pilot workstations for um, the club and our okay. our fun fly. So um, that was about dude. That was about all I I did. And I'm dying to hear what happened with you guys. <laughs> So fill me in. Okay, so um, because you know we recorded the last episode the day after episode twenty-five, so um, I got the chance to fly on that Saturday, so last Saturday, Um, and then I I flew yesterday on Sunday, actually two days ago on Sunday. But on Saturday, um, I finally got my Goblin three eighty flying. It's been five months or so since it's been out of service, so. Um, you know, I was flying it, kind of tuning it, getting things set up and setting the, um, my head speeds and, and like the, you know, the gains and stuff for cyclic and tail. Now you haven't flown this on the V-bar, right? Yeah, no, this is the first time on V-bar. It was on the icon prior to uh, taking it out of service. Okay. And, um, so there was this guy in Lincoln who was, um, you know, he was like, oh, can you, you know, hover inverted and I just want to fly my quad around you. I was like, sure, yeah, why not? Let's do it. So I. <laughs> He's gonna get for, some footage. Yeah, he was gonna get some footage in the air and just basically doing hurricanes around my helicopter. Okay. You know, cool. inverted. So I was like, cool. Um, so the first time we did it, you know, he kind of was doing, it, but like, I don't know if it was. I think it was recording, but he had some issues with his thing. So, you know, I just ended up flying. Cool. And then the second time he did, I was hovering. So basically, I put I put the goblin in. But uh, I was hovering there. Wait a minute, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I put the, I put the 380 in a little. Like I had a, let's air quotes, just say I had a really hard landing. <laughs> okay, because you kind of breezed over that quick. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a hard landing there. and um, But basically what happened was I took off and I was hovering there. And he had a quad kind of about like three or four feet next to me. And... What he did is he recently replaced his props, but when he tried taking off, all I heard was like this, and like 
you know, the quad noise when it flips over real quick and it's like grinding the props and stuff on the ground. So I looked over and next thing I know, I guess I hit a little bit of negative and the freaking goblin just went from like 20 feet, smack hit the ground. I went back up in the air, like, because, you know, I I looked over while I was coming down. I kind of pitch pump back up. So it went smack into the ground, went back up, and then I hit throttle hold. And I autoed it down the rest of the time. And um, it landed. The canopy popped off. The blade, when the canopy popped off, it went into the blades. So that got shredded up. So this was Anthony's canopy set that I bought off of him. So that got got pretty housed. and and the landing gears, the bottom part of the landing gears, the front part, the um, basically the, there's like a plastic piece that goes on the frame, and then there's like these two brass um, threaded, I guess I don't know what they're called exactly, but you know basically where the screws thread into. Okay. And those popped out a little. These are the ones you painted, right? Didn't you just paint those? This is before I painted it, but yeah. Oh. Okay. These are the same the KC version uh, of the carbon fiber landing skids. So yeah, I mean I kind of. It's like, all right, who got packing tape? <laughs> Packed up the, just taped up the canopy back together. <laughs> um, I got to show it to you this Saturday when you see it. It, it did a, quite a number. And then I kind of, you know, screwed the landing gears. Kind of like the landing gears were still there. It was, still, it was just kind of bowed out a little. Um, but yeah, I, after that, I just flew it. And it was fine. Nothing broke. I didn't break any blades, bend any lengths. No spindle shaft, no main shaft, nothing else broke. The canopy just got messed up, and the landing gears got messed up a little. So, uh, so, so that, I got a question for you. Did you did you feel anything different in the in the three eighty in the model? I know you did a lot of like little things, little upgrade type things. I'm not really, and the main reason I think is because I haven't flown it for so long. Oh, okay, I don't really remember how it flew before. I mean, I kind of have a. You know, a little bit of a feeling, a little bit of an indication of what it felt like before. But um, with the new motor, the new ESC, totally different flybarless unit. And, and like the more of the physical mods, like the servo mounts and stuff that are more, you know, the stronger servo mounts. Right. I didn't really feel any difference with that. Okay. But um, yeah, but it felt good, though. You know, it was it was flying real good. It was I dialed in more pitch, so it definitely felt like I had more power and more... Um, just more reactive, I guess, in the collective. Yeah, you know, more punch to it. More punch to it, right. So, yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. I flew it this past Sunday, too. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, and flew like a champ in the wind. You know, I burned through four packs with no problems. Um, I did do a, a pretty temporary fix on the canopy. Well, I fixed most of the cracks except for one part, which I just kind of CA'd and then put a sticker over to kind of <laughs> hold it together a little. Nice. I, I think it's pretty tastefully done. You'll see. Yeah. So the Goblin 380. I mean, I like that bird. You know, I've always liked that bird. So, so that was nice. Also on Saturday, I tried out a new set of blades for the Goblin Goblin 700 competition. Um, I was. I ended up getting a set of 690 Switch XF blades from Anthony. Oh wow. Yeah, so they're the same size blades as I have currently. You know, the black lines are 690s. These are 690s. So I didn't feel a difference as far as, um, you know, lighter disc loading and stuff like that. But I did get a chance. It does sound louder. It does have a little bit more bite in the air, which felt nice. I guess maybe they're a little bit stiffer. I think it's a little bit wider core, too. So, um, yeah, so that was real nice. And I've been flying that um, since. I haven't put the black lines back on. Oh, cool. 
Um, yeah, so on Sunday, I ended up burning through about 20 flights. Uh, I got two on the Goblin 700. I didn't bring a charger. It was just basically I charged up the night before and, and in the morning. And I got basically 20 packs for all my all four of my helis. Um, well, four out of the five helis I have. But uh, yeah, I burned through two packs on the Goblin 700. I mean, even in the wind, it was pretty, it was kind of like, eh, I'm going to take it easy. But I had, I had a good time with that. Um, three on the 570, and then now that's, I had a new, I put a new Neo on there. Because I took oh, the right, Neo that right. was on there to put on a 380. And then I got another Neo in time, so I ended up putting that on. So I had to kind of do a, a little tuning bit of flight, like make sure the tail was good. And the, um, you know, the cyclic gain, I had to keep, keep on turning it down because with the three-bladed head, it was kind of giving me a little wobble. Um, I put four packs to the 380. And then I put about 11 packs on the Oxy-3 Tariq. So nice. the Tariq I upgraded recently to the Hobbywing 50M um, Platinum Pro version 3. And it's weird. Everything was fine um, you know, with the cast. So I was able to get my, I think I dialed in 4100 um, head speed, RPMs. And, but with the Hobbywing, for some reason... I don't, it won't go from bank two to bank three. I don't see any change in head speed. Oh, so really? Bank, yeah, so bank two is set at 39, and when I go to bank three, it just stays at 39. So I don't know if it's the ESC is kind of like maxed out. Maxed out, or maybe it's my uh, setting in the, in the V control for the, uh, the motor pole count and the, the gear ratio. Oh, okay. Because if that's off, then you know, it won't recorrect. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll take a look. This weekend, I guess I don't know. Um, the Oxy Three Cube is out of commission because uh, our friend Chris needed a ESC, and I was I was gonna upgrade that to the uh, Hobby Wing. No, sorry, that was the the Icon because I actually won an auction. This is a pretty good deal. Um, it's for a non V-Link uh, Neo, basically the Neo without having the the antenna, the receiver port built in. Okay. But I got I got it for two ten with the Pro Rescue software on it. Oh wow! So so like the non V Link Neo goes for two twenty new, but then it's like uh, about a hundred dollars for the Pro software. So it's about three twenty, you know, brand new. And I got it for a hundred bucks off. So that's a good thirty percent off. So not bad. Yeah. So I just got to get a, a satellite for that, which is probably gonna I don't know. I'm gonna try to find one used. But once I get that. That'll go in the Oxy3 Cube. But since I won that auction, I was like, hey, Mike. <laughs> you know, I owed uh, our club president, Mike, uh, a knee, uh, an icon. So I was like, all right, I'll just take it off of this and bench this for, for the time being. Because, you know, I was going to get the new Neo in like a week anyways or less than a week. Right. So, yeah, so that was kind of benched. So I didn't get a chance to fly that at all. And truthfully, I mean, four helicopters at the field. You know, with about, you know, when I put in 20 flights, that took from 11 o'clock to I think around 5 o'clock I left. Wow, man. Yeah, so 20 flights in six hours, you know, and this is, of course, hanging out and, you know, shooting the shit with the guys. Right. Um, It was great, though. It was a heli only day. Watching watching helis catch fire. Yeah, yeah. So. Our friend Rick was flying his Goblin 630. He hasn't flown in a while, so, and you know he was like, "Okay, I want to, you know, I just want to fly it a bit." 
Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was his first flight with that or the second flight of the day with that bird. I'm on a table just, you know, helping Muse out and because uh, he got a Goblin 500. And, and we're setting that thing up. And, you know, and all I hear is Rick take off, couple turns, just sport fly. And then all I hear is him screaming, fire! <laughs> and I'm like, I look over, I see his Goblin in the air, about 20, 30 feet in the air. And the just flames roaring out of the front of the fuselage. Oh my god! Really, yeah. flames, huh? Like, like at least two foot flames, like creating turbulence in the blades and stuff. It was Holy amazing looking. Was. I wish someone was recording, but uh, you know, no one was recording at the time. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's screaming, and you know, my reaction, like, you know, I went into like, you know, back in my day, old days, you know, firefighter mode. I just got up. Freaking ran right there, grabbed the first fire extinguisher, and just ran out to the field. And you know, when I was running out, he was uh, auto went down. Wow. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he hit hard, like right on the landing skids, so he broke the landing skids a little. But that whole thing was charred up. It had soot everywhere. And then he blasted, you know, uh, <laughs> he blasted it with the fire extinguisher. And you know, now you have you know the ABC, the uh, dry cam stuff. Kind of all over the uh, the helicopter too. So, oh, man, yeah, I did see some pictures, but geez, mm-hmm. Louise, I didn't know it was flames were coming out of it in flight like that. In flight, in the air, like it wasn't like he crashed and then it lit up. Because I've seen that happen, you know, like on videos and stuff. But, um, like my little vig in there, it just fl- smoke came out of it. Yeah, you know, we knew we knew something was up. It was just smoking. Nah, this was straight up flames. And damn. You know, Granted that, you know, this is, you know, it's a 12S setup. Yeah, I was just going to say. It's running a yep. lot of voltage. So when that ESE went, it just went. Holy crap. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so. so what, kind of, was, what kind of ESC was it? I forgot the name of it, but it's. Oh, it wasn't like a Hobby Wing or. It's Castle? not a major brand. No, it's not Castle. You know, everyone uh, probably thought it was Castle. Nope, sorry, it's not Castles. It was, it was an off-brand. Um, it wasn't like a y, YGE or YEP or one of those. It was, it was a brand I've never heard of, but that thing was toast. Like, each of the electrical plates inside were all separate, <laughs> separated. Yeah. You know, the wires, um, the leads pulled right off the ESC. The fan was melted. Oh, Everything was melted. There's a picture I... I think I sent you, or the video I sent you, where the ESC had a plastic bottom, and on the Goblin 630 had like a carbon fiber tray in the bottom, and it has like these slots in it. The ESC, the plastic melted through, like it oozed out <laughs> through the slots, oh, and I we know had to what like, you're tap about. it out and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it was cooked. Um, That's he fried. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty nuts. Uh, to see that in person, like that happen. Minimal damage on the airframe, though, or any of the actual hardware. The only thing that I think is a real bummer is that his um, MSH brain, the version he had was like one of the originals that didn't have the polarity protection. So uh, basically, when, when the ESC shorted, it also shorted out the flybarless unit. Oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah, so I haven't heard from him about the servos and the rest of the... Uh, Electronics. I think it's good. I mean, none of the wires are burnt. Like it just was all, like had just was all black from the soot. It's all in the ESC up front. 
Yeah, yeah, that's where, like, even his batteries, like, it, it melted the shrink wrap off of his battery in the front. Oh, shit. But, uh, but I think the battery was okay. Like, he just, you know, cleaned it up and re-shrink wrap it. There was no damage. Like, I was like, dude, tug on those leads. Make sure they don't, like, you know, the solder didn't get, like, messed up and it pull off. And yeah. he tugged on it and, you know, it seemed fine. But, yeah, I never saw a heli in the air flames, you know, like that before. That was uh, quite a sight. Dude, we've been there, what, not even a year. We've seen so much crap. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Collision between two helis. My my big purple plane bursting into flames. Uh-huh. Smoking. Yeah. The, the one guy burnt up the Messerschmitt. The yeah, and half the field. <laughs> and half the field. Yeah, this. Yeah. Jeez. So if you're not part of a club, join one. You're going to have some this free entertainment. Seat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! Wow. Uh, so besides that, I've been I've been on this ordering frenzy. Uh oh. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of stuff. I ordered a set of ZL uh, seven ten blades for the Goblin seven hundred. Oh, nice. I want, yeah, I want to try bigger blades. I want to try see what lighter disloading feels like. See if I can actually tell a difference. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and now that I have three different sets of blades for the Goblin seven hundred, you know, I want to um, I want to do a blade comparison, you know. I want cool. to go back to back flights with different blade sizes and see, uh, you know, see how they go, how they, you know, compare up. Cool. So what else did I order? I ordered a Hobbywing 50M for the Cube, and then the Neo that I just spoke about is coming, so I should get that by, I think, Thursday. Nice. Uh, I got two Pulse Packs for the Goblin 570, so this will be my second pack that I have for that bird. God, I hate spending them kind of money I have to spend for these battery packs. That's why I went. Well, that's not why I went success, but uh, I'm yeah. kind of glad I did because yeah. I, I got one battery for like I don't know whatever it was one what one twenty one twenty. I think I had some. No, it's more than that. It's like one one thirty five. Yeah, but I had some points seat. with Heli Direct. I think. Ah, cool. I think so. I use them. I use okay. them. Yeah, nice. I ordered a couple of things. I got a, I got something else coming for the wife's car. I got to fix her. Like, there's a pipe underneath that I have to fix, and I ordered that, and I got a pretty good discount on that. So from Heli Direct? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> from AutoZone. Okay, I was like, damn, when did Heli Direct go into car parts? Yeah. Oh uh, man, but um, what else did I get? I got uh, I got a couple packs, pulse packs from Anthony, and you got a couple coming your way when I see you this Saturday. Yeah, did I pay you for those? No, I just paid Anthony what I owed him, so you just have to pay him what you owe him. I have to pay Anthony? Yeah. Ugh. So, get that PayPal account ready. I know, man. <laughs> I should just set up a monthly account to... Reoccurring <laughs> Reoccurring payment, <laughs> yes. Right, right. Uh, uh, I also ordered two more packs for the uh, Tariq. They're the ones that the quad racers use. Um, you know, Rich speaks pretty highly of them. I'm not sure if they're the ones that. I think they're the ones that Mike also uh, had us try. Okay. So they're the SMC packs. Yeah. They're yep. rated at 70 C and it's a 1300 milliamp pack. So I mean, they're like 25 bucks each. I ordered two of those just to try them out. It's like I kind of you know Pulse is Pulse is my brand, but you know I want to try a couple other things too. So. Yeah, I hear you. 
And then I got a Goblin 700, uh, the SAB bag for, for my 700 heli, so that way it's not getting scratched up as it knocks over back and forth in my car when I'm driving to the to the field. So, And that, that bag, I showed you that picture. It's, yeah. it's, it's bigger than Chloe. Yeah. It's like a sleeping bag. Compared it to really her. is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, is that about it? Yeah, I think so. I should think about doing that for the 380, but I don't know. I, I keep it pretty tidy in the back of the Jeep. Just throw the yeah. like, towel over the three helis. Well, I mean. Or maybe the 570 I should think about getting a bag for. Yeah, I th- I mean, to tell you the truth, the bag wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah, it it was 90 bucks. Um, I went to go pick it up, so um, I didn't have to pay shipping or any of that stuff, and I got it that day. And, uh, you know, I, my original plan was to go buy the Goblin 380 bag because I, I've seen Anthony's and also Rick's, and it's really a nice bag. It has, like, you know, it's a bag. It has, like, pockets for batteries, pockets for your transmitter. You can pretty much, you know, have, like, a little park fly little carry-on bag, right? You know, the heli, a couple packs, and, and your transmitter. Um, okay. And it was $66. Oh, wow. And then I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It was sixty six dollars. It was sixteen bucks shipping. So I'm like, you know, screw that. I'm gonna go to this hobby shop that has it in stock. I'll go buy it there. And but while I was going there, I was kind of looking on eBay because um, it's an eBay store that you can kind of go to and pick up. And I was looking on eBay to see what else they sold for helicopter bags. And they had the seven hundred one, and it was twenty twenty four dollars more. Yeah. And I was like, uh, do I pay sixty six or ninety, and I can protect. The my most expensive helicopter, you know. Yeah, I probably would have went that way. So I, I ended up going with the seven hundred bag, but I, I know myself. And like next week, I'm just gonna end up buying the <laughs> the three eighty bag, anyways. Or maybe I'll do the five seventy and then kind of work my way down from, you know, which helicopter I want to protect the most as as the prices of these helicopters are so damn expensive, you know. So you were on the New York Thruway looking at your phone, on no, eBay. No, oh. this is when I was uh, stuck in traffic and then i pulled over and i was in those texting rest areas steve's license plate is <laughs> uh, let's go to the main topic here yes selling used rc stuff yes selling used rc rc stuff just anything rc related selling so this is kind of a continuation of buying used helis and buying used planes and, you know, you buy all this stuff and you keep on buying all this stuff and, you know, what do you do with them? You run you out could, of room. Yeah, you definitely run out of room. I ran out of room th- two years ago, three years ago <laughs> when I started. So, you know, how do you go about, like, what are tips, I guess, and, and stuff you should know about selling used RC stuff? First of all, let's, where do you post? You know, how do you get, the, how do you get it out there? You know, you have your normal outlets like eBay, Craigslist, the forums, Facebook is really big for selling stuff. You don't you put know, it in the paper. You can put a you can put an ad in the paper, the classifieds. You know, there if you, you go. Really, really want to. I was going to say mainly don't spend any money to it. Do it. there's so much stuff out there for free that you can mm-hmm. don't spend any money on posting yeah. anything. It, yeah, definitely explore your free routes first. I mean, eBay eBay's kind of free, right? It's free to post, but you get charged if it sells, and depending on. Um, how you sell it, you get charged different amounts. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and then if you take PayPal, PayPal charges you too. So you end up, I think like a normal auction or or buy it now, I think it's 4%. It's a 4% fee. 
um, it's pretty much free to list these days. They they kind of went away from like, oh well, if you post more than four pictures, you got to pay you know an extra this. You know, right? I remember those days. Now I think it's up to like ten, uh, ten or eleven pictures you can put on there for up free. To Twelve. Or Twelve. To, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, so let's break it down to um, the free stuff. Craigslist. Now Craigslist. Yeah, there, I don't know how many RC folks really look at Craigslist. Maybe. <laughs> more of the old timers yeah that's a tough one <laughs> yeah i, I you think know? you're right yeah i don't think too many people look on there um and you know like my experience when i look on there is like all crap anyways or like <laughs> you know some small kiosk helicopters or planes that you could get at harbor freight that they try to sell for more right. than you could get at harbor freight like yeah yeah um so i don't really consider craigslist a good area but the other free stuff would be forums, right? Forums is a great spot because that's that's heli eccentric. Yeah, RC RC groups. Right, RC groups, heli freak. Basically, you want to see as many people to see it as possible. So yeah, forums are great. Yeah, you're great casting a start. wide net. You know, there's forums are international. It's not just U.S. folks. Not just your, you know, the East Coast or the West Coast. It's it's everywhere. You know, it's the internet, right? Yeah. Um, so it's always free to post on forums, but there are some rules to posting that you have to follow or your, you know, the moderator of that section will basically close your thread or, or whatever. So, you know, you do want to definitely check out the forum rules for that section and make sure you abide by those. The other free one would be Facebook, right? There's all these buying, selling groups, trade groups, um, you know, and it's kind of the same thing as the forums. It's free to post. You don't have to pay any fees or anything. Um, and it, it also casts us a very wide net. Yeah. Uh, eBay is one of my favorites, I guess. And I'll kind of go into a wide. Like the, the, the forums and well, Facebook is probably second to that. Facebook is fun to sell stuff. It's easy to sell stuff. You know, you actually start like kind of, I don't know, like you make a lot of acquaintances. You kind of see the same folks kind of looking at your stuff and buying the stuff, and you end up buying, you know, kind of creating like this relationship with certain folks on Facebook that, you know, oh, if they got something for sale, you know, you can trust them. You go and and buy from them, and they'll do the same for you. And kind of, you know, it kind of becomes like a a clubbish type thing. Um, Yeah, I haven't done much uh, selling on Facebook. I've sold a couple of little things, and I've, I've done actually a trade which was. You know, it wasn't for something expensive. I think it was like a fifteen dollar, twenty dollar thing, but it was kind of like, you know, you're trading straight up. There's no money exchange. It, you just basically have to go by this person's word that you know he prints out this label, puts it in the box, and he shows you a picture of the box, but he actually shipped it out, and you know, and all this stuff. Oh wow! And and with you know tracking, it, it, you know, you get a little more confidence, but you don't know if he puts that label and says, yeah, put the part in the box, and you get a you know a box of dirty laundry or something you know you never know what you get so but um i did one i traded a a 570 stock carbon fiber tray for that lynx uh tail slider uh the tail lever okay it's like 570 so you know it's an even stevens type of trade and you know i paid shipping for that and he paid shipping for his item and you know we both got it we're both satisfied it was it was a good trade that's cool that you can actually do like a trade like that that there's a a forum or an outlet that you can trade like that because mm-hmm. you can't do that everywhere. You know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You can't do that on any of the other, I mean, forums, you can do that 
but you can't really do that on like eBay or even Craigslist. Like no one's gonna, I don't right. know. Right. Nobody would take the time to do it on Craigslist. Right. But when it comes down to most of my stuff, if it doesn't, I, I'll post it on the forums and, and Facebook right off the bat. Use the free outlets. After like two, three days, if there's no interest or there's not really like, you know, not many people are, are liking your posts or, or asking questions and, you know, just the interest level is very low, I go straight to eBay. Yeah. At that point, I just want to, I want to, I want it gone. I, I don't care if I, I, I always, there's another thing I do is I give a better deal on Facebook. Yeah, I seem to see a lot of great deals on Facebook, whether it's cars or, or mm-hmm. helis or planes, uh, and I mean actual cars. Like I belong to a, like a local like, just uh, auto club type, you know, group, right. and and the car prices I see, man, for some of this used stuff, people just want it gone, you know. Yeah. So I see a so, lot of good deals on Facebook for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget mm-hmm. the other outlet is you have friends. Uh, or club members very true that you can like like we we're constantly talking back and forth but i mean yeah the other group that we belong to which is like part of the hardcore group at the club um Mm -hmm. you know we don't talk that often i mean we talk we're talking often now but there could be like periods where we don't talk to each other for like a week or whatever right but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm always uh in touch with that those guys are you know, you guys, those guys are always like, hey, I got this going on or I want to do that or, you know, we're always talking about something. Yes. And you can, you know, and you can get together with those guys, too, and do like a group buy. You could do a group buy. And then when you sell something to like, so I bought stuff off of Rick before, you know, battery packs and, and of course, Anthony, you know, and it's great because you could do it in person. You know, you, even if it's a PayPal transmission, uh, transition, right. transaction, sorry, you know, it's still like it's right there. You know, you get your product that weekend when you go meet up and go fly. So, yeah, that's that's a good one that I didn't write down is, uh, yeah, friends. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I often, and you know, like recently, I think who was it? Chris was like, oh, oh, does anyone have a 50 amp uh, castle? And I was like. I mean, I have one in my Tariq, and I was planning on upgrading a hobby wing anyways. Right. So, yeah, you can have it. I'll take it out tomorrow. No problem. I'll just order a hobby wing tonight, and I'll get it in a couple of days, and I should have it before the weekend, so I should be able to, you know, go flying with it. So definitely friends, you know. Yeah. It's always buying, selling, doesn't matter. Yeah. Always reach out to your friends and see if anyone's interested or, or if, you know, you're looking for something that, you know, they might have, you know. Definitely it's worth a worth a quick text and ask, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so was with eBay and Facebook, I was talking about the price. Facebook, I'm always like if I'm selling like something for twenty bucks, it's twenty bucks, like shipped, PayPal, all that stuff. Um but when I put it on eBay, I mark it up. Because I do have the fees to consider. I do have the PayPal fees, the eBay um, you know, seller fees and stuff like that. That I have to consider. So usually it's marked up. Like a twenty dollar item would be twenty five on the four, on on eBay. Yeah, and I wanted to comment on that, man. I used to sell a lot of stuff on eBay. Jeez, we're talking at least 10, 15 years ago. That that that, that amazes me that I can even say that. <laughs> but uh, I, when I recently went to sell stuff, I was posting the uh, shipping cost. From what I remembered, and I made a huge mistake on a couple items, man. Shipping wasn't five ninety nine; it was more like freaking ten, twelve ninety nine. 
Ooh. So yeah, do some research if you know if you're selling, know what know what it's going to ship at or get a yeah. get a rough estimate. Definitely. Um so okay, so you're ready to sell something. What's the first things you need to do? Uh do some research. I think that's one of the first things I try to do is uh I go to I go to find out what that part or that plane or the helicopter costs new. And then definitely knock 30, 40% off depending on the condition. But then also look on the forums and look on eBay to see what they sell for used. Yeah. Because you want to be competitive. You don't want to be like, oh, you know, I bought this Castle 160. It was $360. Uh, you know, I do see it for like 280 260 online, but I want 320 for it. Like, you're probably not going to sell it, you know. And someone's going to either just go to go for the other person that's lower because who wouldn't want to pay a cheaper price for something, right? Yeah. Or, you know, though maybe if you do a best offer, <clears throat> like on the forums, they might, you know, they might start lowballing it because to them, that's not really lowballing. That's what they're willing to pay or that's the going price for that product. So definitely do your research on, on how, you know, how you want to price the, the item. Yeah, and I, I think of it as, you know, how fast do I want to move this item? Very true. Too, you know, like that's one of the main things I used to do was definitely go on eBay and or Google it and find out what it was going for. Like what were other people selling it for? And man, mm-hmm. if I wanted to get rid of it, I'd sell it for five bucks cheaper or whatever. Oh, easily. And yeah. gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and also it's not even, you know, it's it's the interest. Like I, I've been, you know, I've been having quite a bit of a hard time selling this E-Flight motor, the 450 motor. Because okay. there's really no interest in that size. You know, most of the newer helicopters, um, you, you know, it's a brand that not everyone likes, E-Flight, you know, like as far as motors are. It's it's a size that not many people fly. Like 450s are, are kind of dying out, like the 300s for the oxy size and the... Uh, the 360s and the 380s are kind of overtaking that market. You know, they're kind of splitting that 450 market. Yep. So, you know, and even in the T-Rex series, when you think about a 450, most people who fly 450s are doing the Dominator, the 450L, which is a 360. So they wouldn't use this motor anyways. So I've been having some difficulties. And, I mean, every couple of days, I'm like, eh, no one picked it up. I'll drop it another dollar. I just keep on dropping your dollar, and it's like, <laughs> nice. I'm like, like, I'm like at like twenty two something on eBay, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just leave it there because I, the eBay by now post they last for thirty days, so I'm like, I'll just leave it there for whatever, and you know, and I've been talking to some guy who who wants to to purchase it, so you know, you, you might have to take a little bit less, you might have to drop the price a lot um, over time because if there's no interest in it and you really want to get rid of it, you know, it's better to have. 20 bucks in your pocket, then have a motor that's just no one's buying and it's basically you're going to end up throwing it away or giving it away anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way to do it too, drop it a dollar every time. Yeah, every couple of days, drop it a little bit, you know, because the people that are watching will, will notice, like, oh, wait, wasn't this 28 when I first saw? Oh, wait, now it's 24 or it's 23. You know, and they'll be like, okay, and then it stays at 23. It's like, ah, I could pick that up for 23. It's not going to be, you know, a big of a, an expense, right? Like, I mean, obviously, this is for a small little motor. And, you know, if you're talking about something, you know, like a, a Castle 160 that you spend close to 400 bucks new, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah, because you always remember the scumbags, too, that have 
you know, something like that that they want top dollar for. Oh, yeah. They keep relisting it for the same price over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so once you kind of figure out, you, know, you did your research, you did your price, you kind of know where you want to start and where you, you know, what you really want at the end. Taking pictures. You got to take good pictures. You got to take as detailed and focused pictures as you can. Yeah. You know, uh, especially with eBay, they make it pretty simple where you can uh, take a picture and then you can crop the picture right on the app. So that way you only get the motor in the picture. You don't have to, you know, oh, there's my feet in the picture or there's, you know, my, my daughter's toys in the picture. Like you can crop all that stuff out. And, and if, you, if you're lucky enough to have one of those, um, those white backdrops for taking actual pictures, <laughs> um, great, you know? Yeah, then I think you're a professional photographer then. Right, right. I mean, you could you could pick one of those up pretty cheap, but yeah, that's something that will make your photos look so much better, your product look better. Um, definitely will make it easier for people to be like, "Oh, this looks really good." You know, it's sharp. I can see the detail in it. So if there's scratches or anything, I can tell. See, I asked Chris one time how he gets such good pictures, and he told me he was taking them with his iPhone. And I was like, "Wow, man!" I I want to add. You know, if you don't know how to take good pictures with your iPhone, probably. 15 minutes googling it you could probably find like five tips on how to take good pictures with an iphone and mm -hmm. and implement that which iPhones, I'm, I'm yet to do i <laughs> i do <laughs> i do all my pictures on my iphone i yeah. don't have like i mean when do i use my gopro and everything be skewed and wide angled i mean yeah i don't yeah. really you know i don't have a digital slr if you do digital slrs would probably even be better uh but the iphone or Samsung phones or any of the newer smartphones take really, really amazing pictures. They're super high def. Um, they have good, uh, what is it, like focal points. Yeah. So you can focus on like, if it's something long, you can focus on like just a tailpiece. It'll be really sharp. And then, and then as, as, uh, as the rest of the helicopter goes down or the plane, you can, it'll blur out. And, and it'll, it'll kind of make a very artistic type of shots, air quotes. Um, yeah, they have a good depth of field. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So taking good pictures, um, proper lighting. You want to take good pictures, you need proper lighting. You need a, a nice backdrop, whether it's a white table and a white wall in the back or, you know, even the floor. If you have proper lighting, just do it on, on your floor. I have kind of hardwood floors in the dining room area, and a lot of the bigger stuff, I have to take it on the floor. And that's fine, you know. Yeah, I laid my heli stuff out, the last stuff I tried to sell, uh, on my garage floor in concrete, and it looked like crap. It was terrible. Oh, is it floor dirty? It's a garage floor, right? It was. It's just concrete, yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, but dirty, but it's just concrete. If, if you had, like, good lighting, and um, it could probably come out better, definitely. Uh, one of the things I like to do is also, when you have, like, multiple items you're selling, like, say you have a helicopter you're selling, and you have you know, a bag or a box full of parts, I take a pictures of the helicopter and then I lay all the parts out so you can see a nice wide shot of everything. And then in small groups, I'll zoom in or like, you know, get closer to the uh, the parts and start taking sections. So, you know, if you can read, if you can make it so you can read the, the part number or the label, that helps. You know, just kind of do your best, you know. Yeah, that's a good, good tip, man. Because that's, people like to look at that stuff. Oh, that, right. that'll add to the value of your your sale as well yeah it'll add value it'll add more interest because people will be like 
able to tell exactly what you're trying to sell. Like taking a wide shot, like a lot of people, I just see like one wide shot. I'm like, what parts are actually in there? You know, like, yeah, you know, how many main shafts or how many this or how many that, you know, so. Well, that brings me to a point that I, I want to make that I did with my stuff is definitely get a piece of paper out and a pen and inventory everything. Just write it down. If you can write part numbers down, it's so mm-hmm. much better. You know, I have a ton of stuff, the old 450s that I tried to sell. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff was aligned parts, and I had aligned part numbers. And that yeah. just made it that much better. And I had, you know, the X-Heli stuff, the EXI stuff. Yeah. Which is yeah. their knockoff, you know, which cloned cloned parts. But I, I right. had them in the bag. I had the part numbers for those as well. So continue off of that when you're listing be as detailed as you can with the description be truthful about it you know don't be like well yeah you know they don't it's like the canopy's perfect but then you know every part like the canopy part where that go hooks into the landing gear that gets roughed up a lot um you know and there's cracks there then the canopy isn't perfect be yeah. truthful you know a lot of times when i'm selling something it's like you know, the item is used, so there's going to be minor scratches and stuff on the canopy, you know. If I have enough uh, room in the pictures of the 12, I will try to zoom in on those issues and stuff to kind of show, like, this is what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, be truthful about it. When you're listing parts, list all the parts as much as possible. Now, you don't have to list every single damn screw, you know, miscellaneous screws that are just like in a baggie, but you know, miscellaneous screws of two millimeter, four millimeter, whatever. You know, I have two spare landing gears, brand new. Two, you know, landing gears that are out of the box. You know, I have main shafts because a lot of times they come in pairs. So you'll have one, one. You know, you'll have either like a set of main shafts, brand new in the package, or you have one that because you took the other one out. So you have one. You know new out-of-the-box main shaft, and you kind of just go through the parts and describe it, put part numbers, make it a nice list, you know, in your description and stuff, and kind of definitely, you know, show show folks that, like, you put effort into trying to sell this, and you're not just like, here, I got this stuff I'm going to sell. Give me yeah. 400 bucks for it. Yeah. No, you had a good point where uh, get stuff consolidated and, and make a, you don't have to list every screw. I mean, I think I, I didn't even post like I had a bag of miscellaneous stuff I was just gonna throw in. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got that, I mean, there's no sense in even. They buy mine. Just throw it in to give the guy, to, you know, yeah. the stuff. I mean, you could put. Yeah, I have a miscellaneous of other parts, but uh, yeah, geez, just give it to the guy. Yeah, I mean, when I saw my Blade 360 CFX, I mean, it was crashed. It was, you know, and I didn't want to fix it, so I just was like, okay, it's a crash heli. It's used. The, the canopy is is messed up. There's cracks in it, this and that. But here's all my parts. I listed all my parts. It's like, you know, this is what you... And, and I even went as far as saying, to get this airframe flying in, this is what you're going to need. Right, yeah. I remember just you to, doing just, that. Just to help the, you know, the, the buyer out. Think, okay, well, he went through the time to actually check out the helicopter for me. Um, okay, this is what I need. If I need as a spare airframe, I know that those parts on the heli aren't good. And, you know, but then I know that the rest are. So, And, you know, what you were saying about pictures, if you take 10 pictures of your stuff and, and leave a couple of, couple of slots in the ad for pictures of, you know, stuff that's cracked or, or scuffed up, mm-hmm. I, I really like to see ads like that because then I feel the guy's being honest with me. 
Right. You know, and it's not going to be a surprise if you if you happen to get it. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we we spoke about price a little, but what about best offers? We see it on Facebook. You definitely have it on eBay. Like so, Facebook instance when you do best offer, people will kind of PM you, they private message you and say, okay, would you take this for it? Would you take that for it? You know, that's fine. I I actually like best offers. I feel like you can actually chat with the person. Yeah. You know, on Facebook. This is mainly on Facebook. Just chat with the person to kind of see. And and I feel like on the buying end, if there's the best offer, it's like, like I was saying in the uh, previous episodes, it's like, ooh, I could get a deal. And everyone wins because I feel like I got a little bit better deal. You know, the person who's selling it gets rid of the stuff that they don't want anyways and sells it quicker. So, But don't sit around and say, oh, by Sunday you know, or seven days after I post this, uh, whatever offer I have that's the best <laughs> that I'll I'll call him back. If somebody comes up and, and has got a reasonable offer for you, and you might as well take it because you yeah. never know if that guy's going to be like, you know what, I found it somewhere else, or uh, no, I don't want it now, or whatever. Yes, don't let an opportunity go by because you think that you can hold out and get it so for more money. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a little give and take. Yeah, but I would say like probably eighty percent of my I've ever my best offer transactions I've ever had. You know, I offered to the guy, and the guy said, "Oh no, I think I could get it for more." And I said, "Okay, good luck with the sale." I lost that. That was my price. I didn't want to go any higher, and it's not something I really needed on the spot, so I just let it go. Um, obviously, there's I know Chris was talking about it. Sometimes you lose by a, yeah yeah a couple you can miss a deal yeah right. So in those cases, you know, maybe you just have to, you know, pull your pants up and just go for it, you know, <laughs> like just do it. Uh, pay pay whatever they want or pay, you know, or if they say, oh, well, they was. So another thing is they counter offers. You have your best offer. Okay. Things posted for 100 bucks. Hey, I'll give you 80 for it. And then guy comes back to you and says, eh, what about 90? You know, and then you can counter too. You can kind of bounce back and forth, kind of like the car shows you see on, uh, you know, Velocity TV. Wheeler Dealers. Wheeler Dealers, you know, My kind of. My favorite show. Hey, meet in the middle, right? Yeah, and, and just be cordial and polite about it mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're selling. You don't want to be a douche. Right, right. And definitely market. If, if you've got it as low, I don't know, I see this every now and then where people will have, I think, what is a pretty good price and they'll. They'll put that the price is firm. That means, you know, obviously that they're not going to. You don't want to budge. They don't right? want to budge on it. But still, I think you could. I think, dude, if you got yeah, that thing for $100 and somebody says, oh, I'll give you 90 for it, but you were firm at 100 you might as well take the flipping 90 <laughs> I mean, unless, yeah. it's, unless it's like something that was $300 and it's $100. Right. Like if it's heavily discounted and it's in great condition and everything. Yeah. And, you know, you, you want to, I mean, it's up to you, right? Like, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah, it is up to you. That's what you want. That's what you want, right? So, yeah, it's, it's how badly do you want to sell it, really? Yep. So, best offers with eBay, it's quite interesting. And I kind of like it because I usually, when I sell something with a best offer, say I want 250 for it, I'll go low as at, at 200 bucks, it automatically accepts. So, if someone says, I'll give you two thirty-five. Boom, pay me now. <laughs> you know, oh, but then okay. like, but then you can also set it where on the low end where it's like, oh, one fifty. No, I don't want anything. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to entertain an offer that's lower than one fifty for something I'm trying to sell for two fifty. 
then it, it, you can automatically decline too. And then when and then anything in the middle between your lowest uh, accept offer and your lowest deny offer, it's it'll basically send you an email or a message saying you have an offer, review your offer, and you take a look at it. And, and you know some of the times it's like, do I want that? Do I not? I don't know. Oh, see now that's pretty cool. See, I haven't sold anything on eBay in a long time. They didn't have that when I was selling stuff. Right. But that that's pretty cool. That's very helpful. So it's real nice. And, and, and you know, it's funny because a lot of times, like, I'll sell something and it has a lot of interest. And, and I get, like, you know, three or four offers. And, I'm you know, I, I take maybe, a, like, a couple hours to think about it. And, like, before I could even accept, someone just buys it now anyways because, you know... They on eBay, you can see if there's something that you're uh, that you want to buy. As far as um, if you put in an offer, it'll tell you how many offers they have. Oh, okay. So a lot of times, and eBay's smart about this, you know, to help the the sellers out. So like, say I put in an offer in for something that I want, and I see, oh man, six more offers, and my offer was like twenty bucks cheaper than what it was going to buy it now for. You know, and something I really want, it's like. Oh, screw it. There's six offers for him to decide from. Someone might be a bit higher than me. I'm just going to buy it now. Oh, I see. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so, and it's happened on on the other end, me selling. You know, I've had three or four people put in an offer, and they're, like, sending me questions about the product. Is it this? Is it, how is it? What's the condition? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Before I even get a chance to answer them sometimes, someone just buys it out. I'm like, oh, sorry, item sold. You know, like... It's it's crazy. It's I mean eBay is kind of their fees are kind of ridiculous, and but the exposure you get and and the amount of people that are on there, it's it's a good selling site. It is you know it's a good tool to use. And they're make they make money off the seller, so of course they're going to help the seller out. So mm-hmm. so that's another plus in selling stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean with that and the PayPal fees and stuff. So yeah. Um, so actually, let's go right into PayPal fees. Whenever you're pricing things, make sure you have it in your head that you're going to owe money or you're going to have to pay fees. Um, yeah, and w- when I used to sell stuff, all I used, mm-hmm. I, I, every, everything I sold was PayPal only. I never sold oh, yeah. anything any other way. And this, nope. is, this is going back, like, like I said, at least you know, 10 years ago. Because that always covered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, any transaction was I didn't care if it was a couple of fees like Chris said you know never yeah. do the friends and family because even if you got to send the guy an extra 20 bucks you know that covers you covers me you can you can you can buy you can purchase you can buy or sell with with uh you know some satisfaction in knowing that you're going to be covered yeah and not just for the sellers also for the buyers like everyone the whole the whole transaction is covered right you know so if so basically you're on on the hook that you can't screw the buyer and a buyer can't screw you, so why not? Yeah, you know you do pay your four percent, and I, I, well, that's one thing about eBay I want to mention that I wish they did differently is with PayPal. Soon as that person sends you money, they take four percent right off the top. So you'll see that it'll be the transaction ID. You'll see how much um, you got put into your account, how yeah. much was sent, and the, the minus four percent. I I wish eBay did that. Because yeah, eBay waits till the end of the month, I think. Or yeah, you, it, to... 
It waits to the end of the month, I believe, or yeah, it might be like every a month or two months or three months. I don't know. It's it's something, but like you automatically you'll have you'll have your bill and you'll be like, oh crap, did I sell that much stuff that I have a freaking two hundred dollar eBay fee bill? Yeah, it's like oh man. So that kind of sucks. I I just wish they took it off the top. Like get your money now. That way I don't have to worry about it later. You know, like yep. I, I don't know. I wish they changed that. But there are fees, so make sure you consider that. Another thing is, if you're doing things for free shipping, make sure, like you were saying before, you know, you thought shipping was five dollars, and it ended up being ten or fifteen. Like, you have to calculate your shipping properly. Yeah, I just ate that. That was all on me then. Yeah, yeah. The seller ends up eating any additional fees that you, uh, shipping fees that they are. Um, and that's not only just for the actual USPS, FedEx, you know, um, UPS shipping. You got to kind of think about, do you have a box, your, your bubble wrap, your, you know, like all the shipping supplies too. Yep. My, my big thing with shipping is I get flat rate boxes from USPS and I only ship USPS. See, this is the biggest problem I have with selling. I can't stand packing all that crap up in a box mm-hmm. and putting a address on it and taking it down to wherever. And that's just, that to me is the worst part. Like, I can take pictures, I can do the post, I can inventory. But, dude, it's just so time consuming for me to just figure out how I'm going to box it up and pack it so it's going to ship well. It's just, ugh. I, I hate really? that. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, the I have, worst I have part. a process down now. Do you? Yeah, I mean, so let's let's go into it. boxing and shipping. You have to make sure whatever you ship, especially if it's delicate, gets there in one piece. It's not the post office's responsibility. It's not FedEx or UPS. It's not the delivery guy's responsibility. Just imagine the most douchiest delivery guy kicking your package around. And it still needs to get there safe. Have you seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? <laughs> yeah. The opening scene? <laughs> right, exactly, right? Picture that guy delivering your package. Yes. Because you're selling, you're on, on someone on the hook to make sure that that product gets there safely. You know, that the item that the, the buyer receives is exactly as you described it in your post, in your listing, you know, in your pictures, you know. Now, the FedEx guy might be having a bad day. He doesn't even want to come to the door and he takes your, you know, you're selling an LCD screen and chucks it over the fence. Hey, you, you know, is, is it his, it is his problem. He shouldn't have done that, you know. Which I don't but, know why he's having a bad day because those guys are union, probably making a billion dollars. Great true. benefits. Why are you pissed off? <laughs> you know, maybe his girls, <laughs> maybe his wife's sleeping with, you know, his best friend. Oh. You know, is, it's personal, right? It could be a personal you know, thing yeah, where sure. yeah, have a bad day. Maybe his wife uh, is arguing with him and his girlfriend left him. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe or you know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's not go with <laughs> that. But uh, so yeah, you know, try to like buy bubble wrap or when you buy. <laughs> well, not to boast, but when you buy as much shit as I buy, <laughs> you accumulate <laughs> a lot of bubble wrap from these. Companies, yeah, but and boxes too. Like you know, I mean, if you have the room, store some of them. And even newspaper, I've used as packing. Like yes. not, not exclusively. Like I've wrapped it in bubble wrap. But then if I ran uh-huh. out and I got to yeah, because I get stuff from Horizon Hobby all the time, and it's, it's got, I don't know what it's written in Illinois or no, it's like oh, Chinese oh. or Vietnamese or okay, Korean. yeah. 
if it's it's, it's probably it's, it's probably Chinese. Most of that stuff comes from China, anyways. Yeah. yeah. China, 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 China. China, China. It just reminds me of the Donald China, Trump. China, 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 China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. China. So um, that's the longest three minutes in YouTube history. Yeah, when you funny. watch that, you're like, it's "Holy so shit! Hilarious. It's, this isn't over yet." Yeah. He says it so many times. It's, 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 it's amazing. <laughs> but okay, to come back to it, um, bubble wrap. If you're selling something uh, like parts, what I try to do is any small little loose parts, I try to put them in Ziploc bags. Take the Ziploc bag, put them all in there. Um, like, you know, when you have like your parts bag, put them in like one of them freezer bags, like gallon freezer bags, kind of roll it up and then roll it up in, in bubble wrap. And then what I usually do is, you know, th- depending on the box, if there's a lot of gap in the box, don't waste your bubble wrap so much. Because, you know, there is a cost to it. You're, you're paying money. But who doesn't get these, like, you know, I get I get a Hackensack Chronicles. It's basically, like, this, you know, local newspaper that they give out to everyone. Who doesn't get those type of papers, penny savers or whatever? Oh, that's Take where I was the, listing my RC Heli stuff. And now it's going to be in the box so that my helicopter can get there safely. So your buyer can actually read my, <laughs> yeah, my classified. There you go. Spread the, <laughs> well, wider net, as I was saying before. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. I didn't know you did it. Uh, you put them in Ziploc bags. That's not a bad idea. I'll usually go to Staples and mm-hmm. I'll get. They have two different sizes back in the day. I don't know what size they have now, but they're like a small. Um, you know, it's like Manila envelope, and on the inside it's got bu- bubble wrap. Sure, yeah, they have two envelope. sizes in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. padded envelope. I used to buy two of those, and just uh, if it'll fit in there. I mean, just that's a good way to ship. Also. For for like just shipping it not in a box but just in that, yeah. Or you take that and put it in a box too. No, I would just ship in that a lot of times. Um, and I'll yeah, tell you what, stuff. packing mm-hmm. tape in that kind of you know enclosure was my best friend. Like if it was already like say it was something in a box, like you sold I don't know your your charger or whatever, or mm-hmm. I don't want to say batteries, but something that was you know rectangular or boxy, I mm-hmm. would box out that bag, man, and I would just bulb. I would just um packing tape the crap out of it around all the edges and uh man it would get there no problem and but also what i like to do speaking of shipping is i love to take now you know i said i said i hated packing all the stuff up but what i what i really like to do is i like to i like to take the address into the computer and uh you know put it in a word program or whatever and then i like to print it out and then this is what takes me so long and then cut it out uh, so now I have the guy's name and address on like a little, I don't know, it's like a little tiny piece of paper. And then uh-huh. I'd love to take packing tape and go over the top of that. It kind of, when if you hover over it, kind of like sucks up to the packing tape. And then okay. you, and it's almost like you're you're making your own label. And you just right, you put are. that on, you know, an envelope, one of those, you know, packing bags mm-hmm. um, or a box or whatever, man. Yeah, I like, okay. I like to do that because yeah, then I know damn well that. First of all, it's written not by my chicken scratch, but by mm-hmm. you know an actual computer that can do it a lot more legible than I can. <laughs> and, yeah. uh And a lot of times, if you paid by PayPal, you can cut and paste this address right there. You're not going to make a mistake. Right. So, you know, you, you alleviate that. You know, you can say I, I shipped it to the PayPal address or whatever address you sent me is where I shipped mm-hmm. it. And yeah. then the other thing I like to also do. I don't know how many guys do this, or maybe maybe there's a different way around it nowadays. 
but I always shipped with signature required. I know it costs you as a as a seller more, but the peace of mind that I got from it was just so much better. Never had to worry about it. Oh, I hate I hate signature required. Well, you hate hate buying that because the no, no, you I, live in, right? Yeah, I hate that because I have to basically you know, either take a day or wait to the weekend. And then go to the post office with the you know a hundred other folks that are like you know working nine to five but commuting and have to like can only go on the weekends you know yeah and wait in line yeah. and have to deal with that. Oh. I think where I got involved with that signature required was uh, a buddy of mine and I we worked for an alarm company years ago, uh-huh. and he had gotten uh, like three bins of old school like alarm stuff that you're really only going to sell on on eBay like you know somebody in like dirtbag Iowa needs a, a card for a 1950s fire alarm because they're too cheap to upgrade their fire alarm system or whatever. Right. And, and you happen to have one, you know, uh, that you ripped out from somewhere that was used. So he had these, he had like three bits and I can remember having like, whether it was motion detectors or these stick on wireless transmitters having, or key fobs. I think it was, I think it was key fobs. I shipped out like two key fobs to a guy and he mm-hmm. was like, I never got my stuff. And it was like the first or, or second time I had shipped stuff. And I, I had no way to prove it. Right. He was like, oh, I, I never got my stuff or whatever. So he started a whole big thing on eBay. And, and I said, well, I have two more. You know, I, I figured, all right, I'll just ship these out. Because he said he never got it. So okay. now, now either he just turned around and sold the two that he got for me the first time. But the second time I shipped him for sure with signature required, and then he still left me a bad review. It was like, "Oh, it took a month to get my stuff." So, wow. So yeah. So, so I mean, you've I been burned. Got burned so, so yeah, right. exactly. So I learned, and so I like to I like to do that as a seller because it covers me. Sure. Now I do something else as a seller to cover my COA, um, or CYA. Sorry, CYA. Cover your ass. Is I you know if if it. It usually costs a couple bucks more, just like your shipping confirmation. But I just I just do the insurance, the shipping insurance, up to the value of what it is. So if it's like I'm sold something that's three hundred dollars, and say that the buyer says I never got it, well, you know what? There's three hundred dollars worth of insurance on there. Go take it up to the post office and and dispute that you never received this package. You go talk to that postman and figure out, you know, like let them handle it. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, I don't know. I mean, I've never. You know, knock on wood, I've never had anyone be like, oh, I never got it and this and that. And what are you going to do about it? You know, what can you do to make this right? But, um, you know, I figure like, especially because not only just if they didn't get it, but if it got damaged too, it covers that too. Right. So, so I figure why not just, you know, I think I, I sold something recently for 300 and it was uh, $18 to ship. And it cost me basically $3 for that uh Going from fifty dollars of insurance that's free to the three hundred dollar insurance, so so I, I figured I'd try that. Oh, that's not bad. So one of the things about shipping we didn't really talk about is when you're listing something, especially if you're listing something that you're gonna have the buyer pay for the shipping, like say on eBay. Don't list your thing until you take all your pictures, then you actually box it up. Box it up. Get the dimensions of your box so you can enter it into eBay set, per se, right? Enter in that, enter your weight, your size of the box. So that way you that 
price that they're paying is an accurate shipping price. Right, because they're going to want to know that. Well, not even that. It's that you're going to want to know because if, if you charge the guy 10 bucks and the thing costs you $30 to ship, well, it's coming out of your pocket, not theirs. Oh, I thought you said buyer pays ship- shipping. No, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, the buyer pays shipping and you're like... Oh, okay. and you put in, yeah, 10 bucks. Right? So so they're like, okay, it's $300 plus 10 bucks shipping. Fine. I PayPal'd you 310 Auction's over or buy now's off over. <laughs> now, yeah, you find out it's $30 to ship. But yeah, right. And now... You're like, okay, I boxed it up, I put the measurements, I updated the measurements and the weight, and then it's like, wait a minute, it's not $10, it's freaking $30. But wait, buyer pays shipping. Nope, at that point, the no. money is done. Oh, true. He, he hit pay now, he agreed to the, the terms that you initially um, set. So if you didn't get the, the shipping price correct, that's on you, not on the buyer. So make sure... Um, I always, when I'm selling something, but buyer pays shipping. Nope. <laughs> so, um, another thing I do personally is I, I do everything flat rate box. Yeah. I don't have to worry about what's it going to cost. What's the cost or even for the, if I do free shipping, it's, you know, I'm going to play f- a flat rate box. It's, it's just easier. I know like, okay, it'll fit in that small flat rate box for $6 and 80 cents. That's the most I'm going to pay for shipping. Yes, yeah, see, I, I don't think they had that back in the day. No, no, this is more in the last couple of years. USPS has really ramped up because this is when they were doing really bad and they were like basically <laughs> bankrupt. Um, and USPS was like they started laying a lot of people off and stuff. And then they introduced this whole flat rate shipping to get people to ship with them more and, and for them to get that uh, revenue stream back in. You know, because it was cheaper to ship with U- UPS or FedEx. Okay. You know? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna stay off my soapbox. My soapbox of government-run outlets that are losing money. Well, yeah. I mean, I but understand still. that. Yeah, okay. Nobody's writing letters anymore, but you're yeah. charging forty-something dollars, forty-something dollars, forty-something cents a stamp, anyways. And then, okay, so we get to the digital age, and everybody's writing letters and on digitally instead of mailing yeah. them. But, it's all emails, right? But now we're buying tons of stuff online. So yeah, but the shipping the is, is insane. No, but if you think about it, you're buying tons of stuff online. But you, back then, it used to be postal service only. It, you know, UPS was around and FedEx was kind of coming around too. But it wasn't like now where it's like you you go you'll look at like you buy something, you look at the three prices: UPS, FedEx, USPS. I'm going the cheapest one. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not always going to be USPS. You know, before this flat rate stuff, you know, it was always you you know, UPS was in my opinion was the cheapest. Always UPS ground was always the cheapest, you know, and and for me USPS is usually the cheapest. Really? Now, yeah. Well, now, but I'm, I'm talking about like maybe 10 15 years ago. Maybe not 10 15 years ago, but still with the I would think instead of the average person spending i don't know twenty dollars every six months on stamps they're spending mm-hmm. twenty dollars a month on a package and i would think there's room enough for the three big you know shippers mm. out there and you have companies yeah. shipping stuff like crazy yeah but minimum wage goes up salary goes up unions but think more, about more, but think more, about this know? dude the, uh, i know we're going down a a, a road here <laughs> but think yeah. about now it's to me it's 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 amazing that 
US, USPS ran stuff and ran it the same old way for so many years. And then some kid out of college said, you know what? We can do guaranteed overnight delivery. And people laughed at him. And he said, I'm going to have a hub somewhere. Everything has to get to that hub the day they ship it. And then they, the next day it goes out. That's guaranteed overnight delivery. And that's exactly what UPS or FedEx did. I think it was FedEx did it, right? I think it was FedEx, yeah, because they have big hubs all over the United States for that stuff. Yeah, I think they flew everything down to Atlanta and then, then out from yeah. there is how they started. Yeah, I think that's how they started. With, yeah, down south, a more centralized location for everything. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. The overnight shipping, I mean, but that that stuff, overnight shipping is ridiculous. And I awesome. think I think if the the postal service, the United Postal Service, wasn't wasn't a government agency, I, I think they'd be out of business a long time ago. Well, but then you know, being a government business, you know, soapbox time brings government slackers and government things. You know, like you know what I mean? Like oh, mentality. I've worked at, I've worked at my fair share of of uh, government buildings, and yeah, you know. And I'm not talking about, you know, there are folks that work for the government and these services and, and they do a great job. I'm not talking about those folks, but there's folks that do take advantage that, hey, you know, Dude, it's a government job. I did a, I did a, uh, I did a job where I was going into a lot of post offices and doing their point of sale, which is their, like, counter, you know, sure, yeah. you know their, their equipment that they. Yeah, their IBM POS systems, yeah. Yeah, and. I never heard a term so much in my life. They used to tell me 45 days. You drop that tool on me, 45 days. I get 45 days off. 45 yeah. days. I used to hear that Work almost comp. Work every time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you some stories. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So, I mean, make sure you're accurate with your shipping, the box size, the weight. Overestimate a couple ounces for the, the label you're going to tape onto it and the, the extra tape once you seal it up. Um, so that way – you're kind of, you know, the buyer's paying accurately. You're paying your service accurately, and you're not paying anything out of your, you know, your buyer price. So yeah, I think uh, as much as I bashed them just now, uh, mm -hmm. if I was to go back to shipping the amount of stuff that I was, you know, the the used stuff that I was getting with with my buddy and all that, I would definitely go oh. with the flat rate box. Yeah, I have a ton of them. Yeah, you look at my yeah. my entryway here. I it almost to... fell on me that one time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to throw some away because that too much. But like, yeah, I have all the main sizes, and the best part is the boxes are free. Right, they're free, so yep. why not? Yep. You know, great commodity they have. Yeah, I mean, I recently sold something for three hundred bucks, and it cost me twenty bucks. It was seventeen bucks plus the extra insurance. It was like twenty twenty one dollars, and it was um a flat rate box. So that, besides me paying for some tape and some bubble wrap that I got at Walmart, like, you know, it basically cost me. Nothing, you know, whatever the shipping and, and little supplies. Like, it wasn't much. I made a good amount of money on, on this product. So, you know, there's nothing to lose. You know, yeah, it might not be the cheapest method, but for me, it's it's the easiest method. I don't have to worry about the weight. The box has all the sizes on it. The boxes are free. Since I do everything through USPS, I don't, you know how you were saying you write the, you know, you, you type in the, the address and your return address and all that stuff. So then you print it out and you cut it out and tape it. Yeah, I just do click and ship. So it has. I just I I'll type it in or I'll copy and paste it depending on how I sell it. If it's an eBay thing, you do it right from eBay, and it puts all that information for you. And you just hit print. You print a shipping uh, 
a shipping label and you also print an invoice or not an invoice but a shipping uh what is that thing called crap it's a um it's it's like a, a shipping slip that you put into the package you know that has like the item number and the price and everything oh, okay. so like you know and and boom I, I cut like it's like, the shipping labels are like half the sheets the label and half is like a receipt for yourself. So I just cut it in half. I have the tracking. I have a little receipt like you would get when you go to the post office. I have the one and I do what you do. I just I just tape the whole label down so it's laminated in tape. So you, you don't have to worry about it getting wet or or, um, yeah. you know, getting written on or damaged or scuffed because it's all laminated and packing tape. Anyways, falling off. Yeah. Falling off. Right. Getting scratched off real easy. And I've I've never had a problem, you know. I've it's been great. That's cool. Feedback. So you buy on the forums, you buy on Facebook, you buy on. I'm um, sorry, you sell on forums, you sell on Facebook, and you sell on uh, eBay. Feedback. Yeah. Oh, that kind of feedback. That, yes, exactly that kind of feedback. You have to call the person, and as soon as they pick up, you make you this, go. <laughs> What's the most annoying noise in the world? Ah, no. uh, that'd be great, dude. Be like, right. what are you doing? I'm giving you feedback, man. It's positive too. <laughs> it's really high pitch positive. All right. <laughs> uh, so, uh-huh. um, you know, if you have a good experience with someone, yeah, just be honest about it. Be honest. Leave feedback. Now on eBay, if you you've dealt with someone that was like the product came messed up, this came messed up, um, try to resolve it first. Message them, say, "Hey, this is not what I ordered," or "This didn't look like the same thing in the picture." It's not, you know, something's wrong with your this and that. Most sellers are like, especially on eBay, are so like have to have that like perfect, you know, as best rating as possible, right? That they'll like, okay, well, we'll refund you ten dollars, or we'll we'll send you a new one out, or we'll do this, we'll do that. Or it may it might have been something they didn't see. Like Chris had that airframe he shipped. He said the guy was like, yeah, it's great. There's a little crack here, you know, don't worry about it. And Chris was like, wait a minute, I didn't see any crack. Yeah. And so the guy sent him a picture, and he was like, oh man. And right. Chris Shipping Chris went frame. online, yeah, shipped him a new, uh, you know, frame pieces right out to yeah. him. Yeah. As a seller, you want to make sure you have good feedback. That's your reputation. Yeah. It's a great little system they came up with. It really is. Yeah. And 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 it does, it's not just eBay because I, I, I know you probably remember this. I texted you like I think while you're on vacation like a, I don't know, a week ago or, or whatever it was. I was like, dude, like, this guy's selling 6S 5000 Pulse 45 C-Packs yeah. for 100 bucks each. Right. You know, they go for 140 new, and he says he, he he basically charged it up and did a setup and then and didn't. And then, then you know, and then discharged it back to storage. Yeah, and ran them like it. one time or something, you said? Yeah. Five times? Yeah, no, just, I think he just said one time. Just, yeah. just do a setup, and, and then he was like, I oh, forget it. And, and you know, I, 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 because it was on Facebook, I didn't have a way to search for feedback. But, like Chris was saying in that episode, Hey, you know, maybe Chris dealt with him, or maybe Chris remembers this guy's name. And come to find out, he was like, "Oh, dude, is it this kid that's like, you know, he's in? I think it was like Arizona or something, and he's like an Indian kid that has um, 
like he's in, in a you know like in the army or something or like he's he's like the ROTC he said and I was like oh yeah exactly that's who it is and he was like oh dude that guy's a scammer oh wow he's been kicked off every single group by group and this and that and like you know like it's just like on he's been kicked off all the forums and and like he you know he's a straight up scammer and I was like oh really but you know on Facebook I, you know like. That's your name. Why would you scam people? And then, like, you know, people are just going to know it and they're going to always think, like, even people in your neighborhood probably know that you're a scammer, you know? Um, wow. And, and I basically, I told a guy, oh, no, sorry, I don't have the money anymore. I'm not buying it, you know? Because that reputation is going to be with them, in, and especially in our community forever. Now, can't you like uh create another name another alias i mean on ebay it's probably easy to create another account on ebay it, but ebay's different i mean there's so many safeguards against that yeah and, and because you're buying everything with um well how did he how did that particular guy ask for for payment well so i never got to that part oh you know i asked him oh do you take paypal i was like yeah yeah i'll take paypal and then and then you know i spoke to chris because i was like Okay, before I send him any money, let me kind of ask around. Yeah. Oh, he, prob- he probably would have wanted friends and family. But, but even then, like, he was, you know, I was thinking about it. Like, okay, if I told him, hey, you know, okay, so I'm going to do it as, you know, goods and services. And even if he was like, okay, cool. I don't know. Like, I know I'm protected, but I don't want my money to be held up by PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. Disputing something for 45 days. You know? Yeah. What, what if he... What if he his link bank account that he has, he pulls, you know, five scams in that that month or that week, right? And then at the end of that thing, he just cancels his account. And then he closes a bank account that is attached to it and withdraws all the money. Then they can't retract that money from him. Yeah, then PayPal is going to pay it, I guess. I guess? I don't know how that works. PayPal should get involved with the uh, EasyPass people because every time... I change from one credit card to another with EasyPass. Somehow EasyPass finds me and locks right onto a, another credit card. <laughs> so maybe they should do what they're doing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. But so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the inner workings of PayPal is when when you're disputing stuff like that. Because I've never had to. Well, uh, I know I had know. a forum experience where I bought. Uh, I I might even have told the story once already. I had a Dodge Stealth. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought. The gauges. White, yeah, I bought like uh, white gauges or reverse. The white face gauges. Yeah. White face gauges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I checked with the kid before I even bought him. I said, "This is what I want." He told me, "Oh yeah, I got him." I sent him the money, and like two, I think it was a, a month or two went by, and I was like, I, "I never got it." And I think I did send him PayPal. Uh, so I disputed it, but then mm-hmm. I also started slamming him on the forums and he gave me this long drawn out excuse. And I was like, dude, it wasn't like I didn't ask you if you had it yeah, right there, not, you know, in your right. hands. It's it's like you didn't give him a chance to make it right. I just, I, you know? I didn't, I didn't understand why, why he was giving me this long drawn out excuse. It was basically, dude, I asked you, you said you had it. I paid you and I haven't gotten it. I mean, right. what, what else is there to say? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I had another uh, experience where I purchased uh, headlights for a van that I that I uh, that I was driving, and 
on eBay. It was real. It was super cheap, like sixteen dollars for these, and they were just like enclosures, and I could put bulbs in them. Okay. Uh, and they were rectangular in order to replace the old school rectangular ones. Uh huh. I I I did the whole contract, or you know, I I went through the whole sale and everything, and bought them, and I ne- and I never got them, and I was I emailed the guy and. You know, I never got any response back, and I remember going to PayPal and saying, "I don't know what else to do." You know, I, I'm trying to get a hold of this guy. I, I know it's only sixteen bucks, but you know, I paid and I never got him. And eBay, um, eBay, PayPal wound up, you know, giving me my money back. Mm-hmm. And about six months later, I got the headlights. So now I'm like, <laughs> what do I do now? You know? Hey, you just got one win. <laughs> I just kept them. Yeah, what can you do? I mean, you're not going to ship them back, you know. You know. I mean, if the guy contacts you, hey, did you get the headlights? I mean, like, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't respond to me when I was asking him, you know, what's going on. I, I think this was back in the early days of eBay, where a lot of stuff that was being sold from China uh, was, was like that, where like they either didn't know, couldn't, they didn't have Google Translator back then, and <laughs> they just it was like, uh, I don't know. Um, Let's just ship it and see what happens. And, you know, they probably go through so many sales that if one or two get disputed, then whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's just my my guess right there. So on the forums and Facebook, one of the things that you'll see a lot of people do is bumping their posts. Now, more so on the forums, I feel like it's uh, it's more it, – it works better, right? Like, so, you know, you put in a post of a sale – 10 people put in a post for sale. Now your post is already, you know, it's the 11th one down. Yeah. Um, you know, after certain, you know, after like, especially like Helling Freak, there's so many people wheeling and dealing there that, you know, you post something in the morning, by the afternoon, you're three pages in now. Yeah, you're no longer on the front page. So, yeah. So, like, what do you do? So, you'll see people bump. And basically, they're doing that so that that recent post of theirs will put their post being on the first page again. So I think this is a good and bad thing. I like when people do so. Like sometimes if I catch something a little bit later, I go, bump. Oh, that means – and he just did that like this morning. So he hasn't sold it yet. Or maybe I'll PM him if I want it, you know. And it'll kind of bring things that you might not have seen, saw to the front page. But then it gets ridiculous. I know some people that bump like every hour. Yeah. And when I see that, I just like. I don't know. I just feel like, okay, you really want to sell it bad? I'm going to lowball you. <laughs> like, I want that for 50 bucks. When I see that, yeah, exactly. When I see that, I think, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, desperation. Nobody wants this. Yeah, if I look and I see, like, you know, five, six bumps, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I, I guess I can lowball them because nobody really wanted it. You bumped mm-hmm. it so many times. Yeah. So it could be a good and bad thing. You know, I think it's more of a positive thing. I see it more on the forums. I, I do see it on Facebook once in a while, and I don't know if it actually does anything. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, because it's, I don't know, I feel like when you go through the the selling groups, it's just listed the way it's posted. But I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. So that's all I think I have for this topic. Do we, do we miss anything? What do you think, Kev? No, I think we covered... Covered it pretty good. So box some stuff up and sell some stuff. Yeah. Uh, one thing about selling stuff, I think we, we spoke about it on the uh, the buying a used helicopter portion a little bit. Um, you know, if there's something you're not going to fly or use, 
I, I don't know. I, I have that hoarderness in me sometimes, like where it's just like, oh, but I might need it, you know, three years down the road. Like I have a project that I'm working on. I might need it, you know. I mean, nine out of ten times, that shit's gonna sit there and get so much dust, and it's gonna be so outdated with the way technology moves, you know, in this day and age. That uh, you know, if if it's something you put you could put away for three months and not touch it, then most likely you should just sell it. Yeah, I was gonna say a year if you haven't touched it in a year. Let's say this: How about a season? A season of flying, right? You start the season, you have this, you kind of know what you have. At the end of the season, you're like, "Oh wow, I really didn't touch this, 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 this." Nine out of ten times, I think you can afford to get rid of it and not miss it. So you know, unless there's nostalgic value, it's a gift or something. Obviously, that's a different you know, different situation, but. Uh, you know, if it's something you bought and you're like, eh, I'm not really flying this thing anymore, get rid of it. Swap meat, sell it wherever you can. Oh, we didn't talk about swap meats on the selling portion, huh? No. I've never sold anything at a swap meat, so I'm, I don't have any experience in that. The only that- thing I can say is you usually have to take in consideration that um, your table space or your area, they're going to charge you a certain yeah. amount for my brother, right. my brother he was a big biker back in the day, and he used to sell T-shirts down at Daytona Beach at this one spot next to the Cabbage Patch. Um, <laughs> any of you guys that have been down there? And uh, he had a T-shirt area that was, oh, dude, he used to clean up. It was ridiculous how much money he used to make. Really? But anyways, the, the I think it was 15 by 15 area or 20 uh-huh. by 20. Yeah, and they, you know, you're going to pay th- that particular event. You know, you, he, I think they charged him, him like three or four thousand dollars for the week to be Holy there. Holy crap, that's a lot of money. Yeah, your local swap meet is going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, like ten or twenty bucks, I think, a day. Bucks, yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, for a table or something, they'll usually charge you. But wow. definitely, you know, check that and take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't sold anything at swap meet. Might be. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe this year we should, uh, or next season, why don't we gather all the stuff that we know we're not going to fly, and we'll rent a table at Adams, um, RC, the swap meet there. Yeah, because that's only that one day, right? Yeah, and actually deal with, like, you know, and, and like, let's let's sell the stuff and, you know, give people deals, man. Not, not the weekender, dude. <laughs> I could sell my flight test planes. Yeah. Did he have one? Didn't he have, like, the nutball or the flyer? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. The the what's the round one? Is that the nutball? The nutball, yeah. Yeah, I think he did. I bet he was selling it for like eighty bucks. <laughs> Probably was for something that was like all Tony G products, all Hobby King. So it's like more like ten dollars worth of electronics. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that guy's gonna listen to our. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever listen to our podcast. But imagine if he listens to our podcast, he's like just scratching his head. Are those guys talking about me? <laughs> like, you know, like a year or two down the road, like I had a weekend at the swap meet at the Adam Swap Meet. Yes, we're talking <laughs> about you. <laughs> oh man. He should be okay. happy we're talking about him. I guess it's like, hey, wow. These guys are talking about me a lot. Yeah, you know what? No such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know, when I first heard uh uh, who was it, Bixler or um, Chris Rockhagen on, like, fight test guys talk about you and me on either an episode or a show. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll, 
I'll tell you the truth. I got all giddy about it. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they spoke about me. They're, my name, they, they put my name on the air, you know? Like, like babe, you got to listen to this two-second thing <laughs> where yeah. you mention my name. <laughs> Let's sit through this three-hour podcast so you can hear <laughs> my name mentioned. No, yeah. no, I, I had I had the minute marked. <laughs> oh, nice. I chew it up. But look, repeat, look, <laughs> look, here, here. <laughs> That's something I, I really... Uh, I really took into this podcast, actually. Uh, there was a podcast I listened to. I used to play World of Warcraft like crazy. Yeah, I was one of those guys. In my in my bunker, I played World of Warcraft um, back in the day. And I used to listen to a podcast. Jeez, uh, what the hell was the name of it? I forget. But I remember emailing them. It wasn't the real, it wasn't the instance. It wasn't the real uh, successful one. It was another one that came out later. And it was a really cool podcast and really well done. Production was really well done. And I remember emailing those guys like when they first started. And like you said, yeah, they read my one letter on the air. And I was like, oh, wow, listen to this. But then I started really um, like really emailing the one guy. Not a lot, but just we would have conversation back and forth. Uh-huh. And he seemed like a nice guy, but I never heard anything about it on the podcast. That's why like when when I hear stuff from like russ cox or chris breams i try to remember these guys man because that that was big for me you know like to hear that and just to be like part of the whole like thing dude you know there's a reason why that guy sat down in front of the computer and and wrote you something like javier writes us all the time man we we don't mention it a lot but uh, yeah we we appreciate it yeah we definitely do and (laughs) we wanted to have him on the show i think once or twice right yeah yeah we definitely want to get him on the show just got to uh you know, That's figure it out. Yeah. Got to get the agenda going and figure out when we can do this because Nerd Nick, he, he's another one who hit me up recently and was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of settled in now. He finished moving and and he's, you know, kind of like ready to do the show again, you know, ready to come on the show. And, and I think, when did we do the build episode, the designer episode with Kevin Matusek? Mm, that was early on. That was really early like on, right? Episode... Like, three or four or seven or something yeah it was yeah definitely single digits so that's we you know we've been i I wanted to get him on you know with that series back then you know but hey you know it's life life happens right so yeah but yeah i mean definitely we want to i don't know I, i feel like you know like the same excitement i got when someone mentioned my name you know when when you know it's just it's it's just like a cool thing, like, oh, my God, you know, how many people listen to this podcast or, or watch the flight test videos and they mention my name or, or like, you see a small clip of it, like, when we're at the Maker Show and stuff. It's like, you know, it's cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and now that we're doing this, you know, we should pay forward to that, like, you know, kind of do the same. So that's why, like, I want to have guest hosts on. I want to, you know, read the Facebook lights and stuff. Like, technically, we don't, you know, it's not something we – we have to do, but I think it's cool because we get those comments after where people are like, oh, you know, that was really cool to hear my name on the podcast. And yeah, yeah. Sort of shout out and stuff. Like, yeah, of course, you know, because I, we were there. We know how it feels to get that shout out. And like, oh, Pixlr mentioned my name. That is so awesome. Exactly. Yeah, you exactly. I, I remember, and I'm going back to World of Warcraft again. There was another mm-hmm. podcast, and I, oh, God almighty, I can't even remember the name of the other one. Like the wow. one, the one was convert to raid. That was the one that I would, I would, I was email. I emailed them a couple of times when they first start off. The other one was, I forget what the other one was, but they had this wow. great, they had this great section. Uh, and I remember mentioning this to Ron Caglione when they first started that podcast, uh, called, uh, reasons why I suck. 
is what it was called. <laughs> and I didn't want to say that because flight test is like family friendly. So I, oh, I kind of yeah. I remember emailing Chris saying, you know, they had a great section and it was called reasons why they suck. But, um, you know, maybe you guys can change it to like just reasons I crashed or crash stories or something like that. And I'm not yeah. saying they got the idea from me, but I remember talking to him about it and and um, he then started doing a little bit of crash stories and stuff like that. But what I got out of the World of Warcraft one was I wrote them this uh, email about me saving all of this stuff that I had to collect in the game and mm-hmm. it took me like a month to get all this it was mining stuff or whatever I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I had this character where I wanted to make two swords up. Okay. And uh, I got all the stuff, bought all the stuff on on the auction house. Finally got everything ready to make it up, and I wound up making two daggers instead of two swords that were <laughs> similarly, you know, named. Okay. And, and I told the whole story, and uh, I, it and I was pissed when it happened, <laughs> and, and you know, as pissed as a as a online gamer can get, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> When okay. I emailed them the story and they read it online, it was actually hysterical for me to hear that story. Yeah. So it, instead of being pissed, now I was like, oh, that was that was pretty freaking funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I mentioned that to Chris and I was like, the same could be done with the with the crash stories because you're pissed. You you just crashed. You spent all this time mm-hmm. putting it together. Um, but <laughs> I think that's what I what I got out of it. And I, I think that's where you're coming from, too, where with hearing your name is like, you know. You have a certain reaction, a certain connection to it. Yeah, it kind of makes it more personal, and which is good because you know, you especially a podcast. It's different when you're watching TV, I think, because it's a, you know we watch you know this generation, you know, year 2016. So many people will just watch TV, and then it's just being like entertainment, some noise and stuff. But when you listen to a podcast, is you know I listen to all podcasts on headset, right? You know, with my Bluetooth headsets. Right. You're listening into a car when you're driving or when you're commuting or maybe, you know, when you're working. But it's like it's right in your ear. You know what I mean? Like so so it's it definitely I think Fred Provost said it, it. It definitely becomes more personal, I think. Yeah. You know, more personal feeling. So then when you do hear your name, you, you feel like, you know, you're you're kind of part of it, too. And, and you are, you know, the, the support that we get from our listeners is. Is you know, I mean, it's it's not the only reason we do this because you know we, we love doing this, so we're gonna keep doing this. But it's it gives us encouragement to continue doing it and try to do better. So yeah, you know, so that our listeners could get more enjoyment out of it and have a laugh here and there. And you know, even if it's on our expense, you know, call Stacy, call Stacy, call Stacy. You know, it's okay because <laughs> you know it's 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 all fun and games. It's life. It's great. You know. You know, now that you mention it, the week has gone by and I haven't heard anybody comment about. Finding a push rod inside a tube, a uh, tail boom. A tail boom? Yeah. Oh, you know, we're letting that simmer for a little bit. No, <laughs> no I mean, and, you know, of course, like, I haven't heard much about Costas, even though I, I'll, I'll bring it up to, to make a joke on myself because it's okay. Like, if someone gets an enjoyment out of it, like, and it's not like enjoyment on, on my expense per se, but like, you know, just, hey, I, they're enjoying the show and it makes the show better. And I might you know, get an enjoyment out of seeing you. Fly, throw yourself down a flight of stairs. I don't know. Are you gonna do that? Um, no, no. <laughs> Come on, no. Come on, <laughs> oh, right, dude. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's go to the news. Yeah, there's quite a bit of news. Yeah, 
I added well, something. Uh, yep, I see that. So uh, let's go with the first thing I have on the list here. The mm-hmm. Protos 380, MSH, Protos 380. It's a helicopter. It's out for pre-order, and it'll be shipping at the end of this month, end of June. So basically in a couple weeks. It looks awesome. Yeah, I haven't even seen it, man. I heard, uh, I've heard so much commotion between RCHN and, and Ricky, who in the uh-huh. club is, is getting one, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. He already put it in. He got his pre-order in already. I got I to gotta Google that, man, see what it looks like. So if you, you know what the Protos Max looks like, right? You've seen Rick's Protos Max, the big 700. Yeah. That helicopter shrunken down to a Goblin 380 size. Oh, that's going to be nuts, man. Exactly the same look. So let me go over real quick. So there's two color schemes and there's two versions. Um, both versions have the red or yellow canopy. So it's like red, white, and black or yellow, white, and uh, black canopy sets. There's a regular version which goes for about four. F- it, it's from what I've see, seen so far, the pre-order price is $459. Um, and it comes with the Mini Brain 2 flybarless controller. Oh, wow. Um, but, but no blades that I can tell. So it's airframe and flybarless controller. Yes. For so f- to get four fifty, four fifty nine. Say four sixty, right? Let's just round it up to the uh, nearest tenth. Four sixty. So. Yeah, four sixty. Okay. So, yes. Okay. What's the com- what's the comparison? Right, real quick, is uh, the Goblin three eighty, right? Three eighty blade size, true three eighty millimeter size heli, goes for what was it? Three ninety nine. Or three eighty five. Eventually, it went down to. But I think when it first came out, it was three ninety nine. So, this is uh, sixty bucks more. But you get a flybarless controller, but you don't get blades like you did with the three eighty. So, hmm. you know, your blades are probably about sixty bucks plus the tail blades, another 15, uh, 15, 20 bucks. So, you know, is it a good deal? I'm not sure. Um, we'll see. Uh, the other version, there's a standard version. The other version is the Evolution version. Evolution. Evolution. It's, 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 I think it's an Italian company, so it has like that, you know. I was going to say French. Um, French sounding? Maybe. No, I thought it was MSH was Italian. But okay. Um, but yeah, so that one, it's the same thing, but it has um, a different type of tail system. Um, it's more of a a kind of like fuselage that curves and you know into the boom the way it like goes in it kind of looks like one piece um there's definitely other parts to it that are different than the standard but i can't really i don't really know off the top of my head it's like it's evolving yes it's, it's the like evolution. it's evolution <laughs> it's the evolution of the uh the standard one and that's for 499 so that's 500 bucks and that too includes the, the mini brain too with no blades. The price-wise, it, it is kind of comparable, but it's a little bit more, you know, than a Goblin 380. It's going to be lighter. I know it's going to fly differently than a 380. So, you know, until we see them, you know, side by side, and I can't really make a comparison. But this Protos 380, I think we mentioned it on the other news when uh, we were getting some sneak peeks about it. It's basically... A shrunken down version of the Protos Max 2. The magnetic canopy where it's one hand click, the canopy goes on. Um, it's a dual belt system. So you have a motor, a belt from the motor to the main and then the 
the tail belt, you know, from the, you know, the tail belt pulley down to the uh, tail shaft design. Very efficient, very quiet, you know, not a lot of gear noise, so you, it doesn't sound all like, eh, you know, grindy like a T-Rex would. Um, it's more smoother sounding like the Goblin's sound, uh, especially the 380. That thing is super quiet. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, so what are parts? Do you think parts are going to be cheaper? MSH parts have always been, as far as, in my opinion, has been priced, you know, reasonable. More reasonable than a Goblin 380 parts are. Because Goblin 380, I mean, you crash that thing, you're spending $200. It's Don't tell me that. Hey, hey, I, I haven't crashed it yet. I, I'd rather have you more informed yeah. than be surprised when you know you put a goblin in. It, and it, I know the 570 was like double whatever the 380 was. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like it depends, right? It depends what breaks. Um, the the thing, you know, the bigger they are, the more um, impact they have and stuff. I so. say that to joke. I mean. We we talked about the one podcast. We talked about knowing what you're getting into, and mm-hmm. so I'm just joking around. Yeah, but definitely know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> if if you don't, then I don't know what episode that is, but maybe we'll mention it or Kevin will clip it in or something. But uh, find yeah, go listen to that episode. Yeah, I you know I'm interested, man. I'm I'm, I'm really interested in getting a Protos or MSH. Well, didn't you like the the Protos Mini? Didn't you like that one? No, not really. I, th- I thought it was cool, but I thought it was kind of like to me. It looked just like a Blade 360 CFX to me with Gorilla gears, like you know, some more flexible type of landing gears. Like I, to me, I didn't think that was like anything special or anything that was like cutting edge. You know, I know, I know it handled well. There was one that you were considering. Was it the Protoss? Was it the Protoss Max? Yeah, I sort of was the Protoss Mini or one of those. You I'm were talking consider- to John John about it. Yeah, I'm considering a Protos Max. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. So one thing about this is okay, and and the pricing. I think I think the, to tell you the truth, in my opinion, this is a new heli, but the price is too high because this Protos 380, the regular version is 459 dollars. Comes with that brain, but doesn't come with the blades. The Protos Max V2 is 700 dollars. Comes with the brain, doesn't come with blades. So what is that? That's three hundred and forty dollars difference, or Are you know, you kidding or, me? Or like, or let's take a look at the Evolution, right? Five hundred dollars. That's two hundred dollar difference, and you get yourself a full fledged seven hundred size heli that can be stretched easily to seven seven eight hundred. Wow, easy for tailbone and a belt. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I I want to get a three eighty, and I think it's cool. I think the size is nice, but I love my Goblin 700 so much that I would love to get another 700. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So for 200 bucks more than the Evolution, is it is it worth to buy this or just get the 700? That's true. I didn't even think about it like that. I think that if they, you know, you just as as a guy on a, on the computer just googling stuff, you know, you Google Goblin 380 and it comes up 395 on on Heli Direct or whatever. Mhm. And then you know, you, you you Google Protos 380 and it comes up, you know, 460 or almost $500. You know, even though it has the the mini brain, if they wanted to really be competitive or take a chunk out of the goblin market, they should have been like, hey, 350 with mini brain. 
Yeah, or 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 keep it four ninety nine or or four fifty nine, but include blades. Or include blades, yeah. Yeah, include the brain, include the blades. Then at that point, you're a better bang for the buck than a Goblin three eighty is. Yeah, because you're basically getting that mini brain for sixty bucks. Yeah, basically. And 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 you know, to tell you the truth, like if I were to buy any of these Protos Max Pro three eighty, the first thing that I would do is I got a I got I got a mini brain for sale or I got a you know yeah. regular brain for sale because I don't fly that. You know, so great. That means that now seven hundred dollar kit, if I sell a brain for a hundred bucks, it's now a six hundred dollar kit. Or that's the hundred dollar difference is uh, it's gonna cost me to get blades. Yeah. Nice. But now now don't get me wrong, the the kits might be price, you know, really close together for the the, the you know, for the size difference. But the, the amount of money you're gonna, um, I would have to spend on the 700 as far as electronics and batteries, is gonna be way more than what it would take to get this bird in the air, you know. Like, say the evolution of 500 bucks. Yeah, I think in a decent, decent electronics, like you know, thousand dollars, 1200 bucks for like, you know, real like top of line MKS servos kind of deal for the size, you know, getting like that kind of stuff, you know. It's it'd probably be like a thousand dollars to twelve hundred bucks, but the max, you know, you're yeah okay. I spent seven hundred dollars for the airframe, which is three four hundred dollars cheaper than any other airframe of that size from the competitors. But you're still gonna spend uh, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars in in electronics, battery packs, all that stuff. Yeah, I think the max. That's probably a really good deal. But it is a great deal though, right? Like yeah, seven hundred bucks with the you know. Which you sell the icon or the brain, you get yourself a hundred dollar set of blades. Boom, you know now you have an airframe that you like, like that be comparable to every other manufacturer or competitor's airframe that is blades and a heli airframe. Boom, and then you have to buy your motors and your ESCs and your servos and fly rollers and really expensive battery packs. Yup. But anyways. So yeah, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. If 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 I you know if I come across some extra money, um, I, I doubt it though, just because it is a fly fest and I, I registered already for Chris's uh, um, the Rochester Fun Fly that he's having up there. I was just trying to think of how many times I come across extra money, but I can't remember any time. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got to register for Chris's thing up there. It's like twenty five bucks. Oh, is it? And, and it comes with like a T-shirt. Like it's a pretty good deal. Mm. I feel like it's such a better deal than our fun fly. Well, I mean, I, I, this is their what fourteenth year. Yeah, I was gonna say year. it's not their first one. Yeah, yeah, and they have a you know th- th- a lot of people go there. So I'm dude. I, I'm so worried about people showing up and going. There's nothing to eat here. Like I'm. I'm what, put, at ours? Yeah, I'm putting money aside to order like pizzas just so I could. Uh, I would just want to like. Dude, have some pizzas, and I want. I got a cooler. I want to put waters in just in case. Yeah, I think we should to do that. Give them away because <laughs> I'm so yeah, yeah. I Show up and go. There's no food here. What are we gonna do for food? Yeah, here's a menu. <laughs> here's a menu. I'm just gonna order pizzas on me, man. Or, or... I, I I think Michael was talking about that. I think we're just gonna order pizzas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, if you want, I mean, I'll split it with you. Um, maybe we'll ask around the club and see if anyone has those like really big white coolers, like the ones that you put in your backyard, like the really long ones that like, you know, maybe bring a couple of those and I'll, I'll go to BJ's and just buy like whatever bunch of cases of water and soda 
Okay. You know, and we could just split it, or if the club wants to pay for it, however we want to do it. I don't care. I don't care if I drop an extra 30 bucks for this fun flight. It's fine. I, you know, yeah, or whatever yeah. it costs. So. No, I hear you. I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think when, uh, I guess this Saturday when we meet up with our, uh, meet up and, and go flying, we should, we should seriously take like 30 minutes, sit with the president, sit with Mike, and, and kind of go over like these little things about like food. You know, drinks, concession stuff that, like, it doesn't, we don't have to sell it. I don't care, you know, like, if someone's thirsty, like, I don't want them to be like, oh, I got to now get in my car, lose my parking spot, leave, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. have to worry about coming. Like, you know, yeah. So we're definitely going to have a discussion about that um, coming this week. Um, next on the news. Something I added, added. yeah, something just, I caught my eye was the, uh, Jetty's coming out with a DS6 transmitter. Nice. A six-channel transmitter. I, I haven't seen any pictures of it, but it does have a wireless trainer function. So if you have a guy with, uh, you know, that has a Jetty, and I think that's predominantly helicopter guys, right? No. Oh, no? No. Oh, I thought it was. It's helicopters. There's a lot of airplane dudes that have it. It's it's. Oh, yeah. wow. So this is actually pretty good then. Mm-hmm. I thought it was predominantly helicopter guys, and it's going to be like a little over two hundred bucks. Well, I mean, if you think of when the DX6, the re, the redone of the DX6 came out recently, it was one ninety nine. So it's you know comparatively priced. And Jetty, you know, their their stuff's not plastic. I don't know if this one is, you know, but they're I know they're fourteen and sixteen or whatever the higher end ones. They're all aluminum, you know. They're they're solidly built. Yeah. So. Well, it looks like um, I just Googled a picture, and it looks like it is plastic. Whether it's plastic or not, the main thing with the jetty is, especially on the helicopter side, is there's a you know there's a lot of future planning with jetty integration with uh, more more common flybarless units, right? Three Digi is uh, the first one of the bunch that has now like just like the V control has full setup and configuration from the transmitter. Right. Uh, I Icon Brain is next, I believe, on the list. Once uh, everything is kind of done with the three digi stuff, they're gonna think do the Icon uh, Brain integration. This one's kind of unique because it has the programming display. You know that that typical display is, uh-huh. on, is on the top by the antenna. Yeah, which I think is oh, such a better place for it. Yes, I agree. Um, but that in, is how the other ones are. It's just keeping alive the jetty. But also. I don't know. In my opinion, the way that this is put on, it looks like they took a regular radio and just put a box on there, a display box on there. Mm. Almost almost like Harley Davidson in the 70s. Oh, crap. We got to put a battery on it. Let's just bolt it right here yeah. under the seat. Yeah, there's a black spot. Let's just put it yeah. there <laughs> right next to the oil. <laughs> right oil next to the oil. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So they can both boil. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's cool that they're doing that. Just mm-hmm. it definitely looks plastic. But even if it's plastic, they're having like I mean, obviously it's gonna be for the price range. It's gonna you're gonna have to cut costs somewhere, right? And that's fine. It's an entry level jetty that you know, just like our Spectrum stuff was, right? With the DX6i, all that stuff that we, all the receivers we bought and stuff, like yeah, hey, no problem. Boom, get a DX9. Now you got a more mid-range uh, transmitter, and all the stuff that you had before are still working. You don't have to swap your entire fleet like I do. Yeah, this gives people that don't have the mega bucks to 
right. you know, step into Jetty and their their telemetry and all that. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that this is keeping in line with Jetty's full telemetry on everything. You know, um, they have their own like kind of X bus system, I believe, too. So it looks like it. Yeah. So cool. Still new. So other news we have is, uh, you know, our free for RC Highly Fest is coming along. Kevin, you've been working on, I know you mentioned it earlier, you've been working on some pilot stations, right? Yeah. So yeah. how's that coming along? You want to uh, go into that's a coming along good. I, yeah, I took some three-quarter PVC. I had a couple of uh, guys, uh, Jason, Jason Klein uh, actually sent me some pictures of the stuff at his field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had kind of an idea in my mind. I just wanted to do like 30 inches high, um, 18-inch sections, like three 18-inch sections out of 45 in each corner. So I got some PVC from Home Depot and uh-huh. trying to keep the dimensions to where I can get it all out of uh, two 10-foot lengths of the three-quarter PVC. Okay. So How um, high is it? It's like 30 inches. So just shy of three feet? Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're coming along good. I, I was able to mock those up pretty quick. I got a little cutter and, uh, you know, because I wasn't going to use a hacksaw or anything like that. Or, no, I should tell me you could have had mine. Uh, you're talking about the PVC cutter. It's like the one size plastic, the other size a blade, and it, like, ratchets down. Yeah, just a ratcheting blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is metal. Um, I, just, I had to buy it while I was at Home Depot because I got a Jeep. I had I had to cut the stuff in half in the parking lot. I did the same thing. <laughs> I went with my girl to Home Depot, and I'm like, okay, I got to buy a cutter for these things. They're 10 foot long, and they're not going to fit in a little Hyundai. <laughs> I, I recently did the stairs to my attic, mm-hmm. redid them. I had to make stringers, and I had I didn't want to buy stuff. You know, it was the stairs to the attic. So, you know, Home Depot, God forbid they sell a 2x12 that's 8 foot long. The, the I had to buy two 16 foot ones, wheel them out into the parking lot, and <laughs> cut them down to uh, to eight foot to put them in my work van at least. Right. But uh, yeah, so I'm kind of known in the in the Home Depot parking lot, the guy that's cutting stuff down all the time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I cut those down, and uh, you know, so that being said, I had to cut them down to five foot. So now I have to figure out how to get them out of five foot length. So mm-hmm. that's how that's how I came up with the height and all that. Did you glue them? No, not yet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to probably glue the corners, mm-hmm. uh, the 90-degree corners, and I'm going to probably make it so I can just pop it, pop the three sections apart. Yeah. You know, in, at, from the 45s and just fold it down and bring it to the field. But Mike brought up something interesting. Our, our president, he said, uh, you know, are we going to be able to stake them down? And I thought, wow, how are we going to stake these friggin' things down? But then I said, you know, we just get some, I'll just get like a three-quarter inch, not three-quarter, three-eighths inch drill bit. I'll just drill a hole and like four holes in them. We'll stake them down with some stakes that way. Yeah. But I got yeah. two built. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to build one more maybe or two more. I don't know. What do you think? Should I build two more? I think you should build. I know. Yeah. We need, I know we need at least two. At least two. But I like to have one on the the, the left side of the field where it's more the the hovering zone. Like, I mean, I'm not I don't think we're going to be that strict. It's like, oh, well, only one pilot in a hovering zone like if like two people want like two friends want to go up there and just hover you know whatever like i think that's fine yeah but um yeah i think we should have one out there and i think eventually mike wanted to have four because our normal setup is having four pilot stations and i think he wanted to have four on uh, the front main flight line 
Yeah, yeah. So I'll so. I'll do that. I'll probably pick up the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, make three for the the, the Halifas, and then you know, and then just you know, take your time. You don't have to kill yourself. You know, trying to get them all done with getting your you know because I think what's more important than your pilot stations is you getting that damn five seventy built. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, well, Anthony said he's had the the servos on his truck for like two weeks, and I'm like, well. I spent a week in Florida, dude. You could have took mm-hmm. them off that week. Yeah. Unless you got a really bad service call. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to meet up with him tomorrow, so hopefully I can get them from him tomorrow. Awesome. So did you order your battery packs? Yeah, I should have, well, battery pack, singular. <laughs> I only ordered one. Okay. I should have that tomorrow, I think. Awesome. They said they shipped it out, but I don't know. Like I, like I was talking to you guys, I don't know what kind of connector to put on that. RC Pro Plus. Yeah, hopefully Anthony's got one of them for me. Yeah, you're going to need three. At least the minimum three. I, I would... Uh, you should have ordered them from Heli Direct because they had them in stock too, I believe. But um, you want to get three. You want one for the ESC, one for the battery, and one for charging. Oh, right, right. You got you to gotta make a charging lead. And obviously, you know, I have XC62 RC Pro Plus adapter so for you know at the field you wanted to use them it's not a problem and plus um rick has a, a breakout cable with the with d6 d5 d4 it's like all the different sizes variation so i'm sure he can let you use that or let him use a charger but um yeah i i think for that size the rc pro plus is one of the best connectors to solder to clip in and unpull like you know to unclip um, much better than castles, much better than EC5s. And you okay. need something that handles that 100-plus amp, you know, continuous kind of type of connector. So it has to be like a, um, a you know, five, either four or five, no, five or six-millimeter bullet inside there. Okay. So, yeah. Um, they're not cheap. I'll give you a warning. They are like 30 bucks for a set of five or a set of, is it, Eight connectors, so like set of fours, like you know. Hold on, I just got up off the floor. What did you say? Thirty bucks for? <laughs> yeah, like twenty-five oh bucks. God, like twenty-five bucks or something, plus whatever you have to pay for shipping. I, I think Andy's. I think Anthony's gonna hook you up with uh, with a couple to get you started. Yeah, that'd be cool. But um, yeah, you know, for your future packs, like you know, when you buy another pack, you're gonna want to buy a set of connectors so that way you can make a breakout cable. You know, something more more robust, like having, you know, parallel charging and stuff like that. So, Yeah. Going back to the HeliFest news, uh, I think I got a PA system. Cool, man. I'm be borrowing. Um, so we'll be able to actually throw some music up. Uh, when we do the pilot meeting and announcements, we can actually talk and people can hear us. We don't have to scream or use a bullhorn, which I think is kind of like, I don't know. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> stop yelling at me. You know, type of uh, when you, when people use bullhorns, and then possibly uh, we'll be. I, I want to try to maybe throw up like a a thirty to forty five minute live recording at the at the show at the uh, at the fun fly. Yeah, you I don't know, know how we're gonna do that, but I'd love to do something like that. Well, the PA system I'm getting, I'm also getting a four channel mixer, or maybe four or six channel mixer, or whatever it is. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm I'm trying to allocate four. Sure, SM58 mics. Okay. I know I can probably get my hands on two or three. 
So I know you said you might have one. Well, I have this shotgun, and I was gonna—I gotta text my buddy see if he's got anything laying around. Yeah, from, yeah. From back in the day. Yeah, find out, you know. And then I have this Line Six device that we can go, um, whatever this is, the three prong into a USB to record yeah. with. So we can do that. We can take it. That's the three prongs XLR. XLR, yeah. Yeah, so we can take the XLR output and convert that into the Line Six to a USB. And we can mix it all in the mixer and then have one uh, record input onto the computer. Yeah. So do a live mixing of it and EQ of it. And then, yeah, we could give it a shot, you know. Um, I gotta, we got to talk to Nick. Um, as of as of like a couple of weeks ago, I know he said he was definitely trying to come by. So I got to make sure. I want to make sure that that's still the case. Um, okay. I'm also trying to get a, a video camera so that way we can... You know, get someone to kind of run around and and you know record stuff. Anthony, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony. Nah. he's not gonna want to sit there recording all day. And, and I, you know, like I I asked Nick because uh, you know Nick's not he's I think he's coming more because of the podcast and because you know he wants to meet Chris and my and hang out with us and stuff. So I asked. Yeah, him, he he doesn't really fly. He's not gonna be flying heli, so. That you know, if he, if he gives me some time to do this, and you know, he said he's cool with it, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to ask like Mike or ask folks, you know, that that want to also fly because I feel like, you know, it's 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 like they're event to fly too. Like I I want to fly. I don't want to just be hosting all the time. I want to be able to, you know, throw a couple of helis in the air and have fun, you know. So. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be interesting. Um, I just want to meet people. Yeah. Uh, if we have anybody that comes comes up, I yeah. want to do some flying too. But yeah. you know, I just want to have a good time. Yeah, me too. You know, going to be running around like idiots. I think so too. Um, you know, and, and the, the folks that I've already I noticed on the pre-register are a uh, couple of folks that that listen to us in the podcast. So cool. We get to uh, meet more listeners. You know. Yeah. Then come up and say, "Where's the food?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, be just be like, uh, so Steve <laughs> told me, uh, Kevin, you're gonna be buying lunch for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so perfect time to I guess input that little thing. The commercial, go the commercial, commercial break. Also, if you're in the central New Jersey area, come join us on June 25th, Saturday, at 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for our Freefall RC HeliFest 2016, presented by Tri-County RC Club of New Jersey. Spectators are free. You can come. Uh, we're going to have, you know, member pilots, non-members can come and fly. We are expecting to have a pilot's meet around 10 a.m. You do need a valid AMA to fly. And there is a landing fee. For registration and more info, please visit our club website at www.tcrcnj.com. We're located at 306 Old George Road, North Brunswick, 08902. If you have a... A helicopter? So, yeah, if if you have a helicopter or you're interested in watching some helicopters do some insane things, come join us. Or you just want to come out and say how much we suck. That too. I hate the podcast. But I can't stop listening. <laughs> if you want to meet, you know, Kevin and myself, Steve, and Chris Ryber will be there, too. So you get to meet him, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So definitely come out and join us. All right. So 
God, I hate hearing myself. So you uh, ordered a banner, I see. Yes. I ordered a Freefall RC banner. Um, I wanted to make sure I get it in time for the HeliFest. Um, but I also wanted it for Flight Fest and when we go to uh, Chris Reiber's event, too, you know? Yeah, Flight Fest is making me nervous. They're like, uh, all, all campers should try to get on site by Wednesday. I'm like, what? Oh, boy. We're not really? planning on being there until Thursday. Yeah. Is, is that true? I didn't. I haven't watched the update. Yeah, I saw, it wasn't. It wasn't on the video. I think it was uh, on the like Flight Fest uh, website or something. I don't know, dude. Oh man, they're really freaking me out. <laughs> okay, I just I, I would hate to go out there and not be able to park the RV. No, we'll something. be able to park, dude. I don't think everybody's gonna show up until Thursday. Okay, and I think Saturday's gonna be busy. Or maybe they're doing that because, like, the, the placement of the RVs this year is, like, they want people to, like, they have to kind of get in there and park, you know? Yeah. So it makes room for, like, regular folks to park and tent and all this stuff. So, Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess we'll play it by ear. Cool. What's next in the hobby for you? Flying. Flying on Saturday, dude. Got to do it. Do you know what that is? You remember what it feels like to fly again? I did sim the other night too. I forgot oh, to mention you did. that. Yeah. Nice. Till I crashed, which was I don't know about fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, I was wow. just flying helicopter. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! Until you crashed? Yeah. You mean like crashed? Like I went to bed or uh, crashed, crashed on the like... sim? And then I was like, all right, I'm done. You can go for fifteen to twenty five minutes without crashing. Yeah, I was actually trying some pyro flips too. I was actually. Coming, uh, I was tailing hover and I was like kind of like rolling it towards myself, sort of back. And then as I was, as the tail was coming up, I was, I was flipping, doing like some crazy pyro flip thing. I don't know. Uh, you're gonna have to check me out though on the sim to make sure I'm actually doing it right. Wait, 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 but rewind. You can sim for 50 to 25 minutes without crashing. Yeah, it was probably like 15 minutes. I can't last more than like. 30 seconds <laughs> really yeah i crash all the time on the set like well I gotta every pra- single I gotta, time i gotta practice that over my head maneuver that i normally do so i practiced that a couple times you know where it kind of so i don't i don't get freaked out when it goes like flying by me or anything yeah, i don't yeah. know yeah i got a little routine i do wow okay we gotta sit together because i'm literally like especially like when I first start simming, like the first five minutes, it's like, take off, circuit crash, take off, TikTok, TikTok crash. I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I thought I was going to be like, because I missed like a, a week easy. I was like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to be rusty. But no, nah, I, I took off and hovered and did my little Piro, slow Piro in front of me. And then I was off from there. And I was like, all right, I kind of got it. And then I was actually. Hovering inverted in front of me, and I kind of drove away, you know, inverted, and I was driving around a little bit inverted. So I was I was surprised, though. I thought I was going to be like, uh, crap, I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to hopefully be uh, meeting up with Anthony and getting my 570 parts. Nice. And, and get it ready. I don't know if I'm going to have it ready this weekend, dude, or not. Uh, who knows? Do it. Do it. I got to put in a ton of time on this... Uh, this project for Flight Fest. I mean, it's oh. coming out pretty good, but uh, okay, yeah, dude, I, I just I just got to start banging out more time on it. Cool. 
how, what percentage would you say you are done with that large project, a large version? Um, twenty five percent maybe. Oh, okay. I thought you were a little further. Okay. Without painting, I don't know. I say that it's probably uh, it's probably a little skewed because I'm taking into the account. Uh, you know, I haven't really developed the landing gear uh, structure like I did with the small one. I'm mm-hmm. still working on the wings. You know, did you order? You haven't ordered any electronics either, right? I haven't ordered any le- electronics. No. Okay. I think I'm just gonna go with those big Hobby King servos I used on the the giant Mustang. Yeah, they seem to work all right. Yeah, they're full size, standard size servos, right? Yeah. Are they Metal Gear and nah, stuff? Or? I don't think they're Metal Gear. Their price scares me. They're like four dollars. Uh dude, I would probably go Metal Gear and <laughs> like maybe spend ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, you know, if you think about it, like you're pushing this push rod and it's pushing such a large surface. That the plastic gears, if it shred, that again you lose an elevator. That's... Well, that's why I was gonna double up on the elevator, do two, uh, two push rods, two dual elevator. Do two push? Why don't you do like a push pull with each servo? Well, I was gonna do no, no, like I have two elevators, two independent elevators. So I was gonna do two independent servos for the elevator. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I've seen that done before. That way, if you do lose one, you kind of got some control. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you basically have dude. The way this thing landed, if if I lost the elevator, I'd probably just have to just cut the throttle and let it float down. <laughs> true, true, very true. Okay, so that's it for me, man. Hopefully, we, I get back into out there and have some fun. Yeah, man. I don't see why not. What about you, man? So I got some work I got to get done on a Goblin Seven Hundred. I ordered a KDE tray for that. Cool. I got a pretty good deal for a brand new one off of Anthony's friend, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. Uh, I got an OptiPower UltraGuard backup system. The what? The what? OptiPower so, UltraGuard backup system? OptiPower is the brand. UltraGuard is the type of system which basically is a battery backup for your control for your oh. flight brothers unit. Okay. And it's a backup system because if you have a BC failure... It takes over, and you still have uh, flight control with no motor power, so you could auto and basically land and stuff like that. But it's the there's like a full name for it. It's like the ultimate ultra guard something something something. The pre sub inertia photomegatronic oscillation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. No, so I'm, yeah, it's something like it's something crazy. But uh, basically, what it is is there's three components to this, or two two components really. Uh, one is a BEC filter, so it regulates the voltage out coming out of your BEC to make sure that your flybrowers never gets any spikes, oh, never nice. gets any type of EMF or any of that stuff, or um, EMI. The second one is the battery backup itself. And one thing good about the Ultra Guards that I like is that you, um, it, it also has this, the Ultra Guard portion, I think it's like it has like an LED light. So when it, when it notices a power failure on your BEC, say like you unplug your battery, this strobe LED light starts to blink fast and indicating to you that, oh crap, you're on battery backup. It's only a 450 milliamp battery land, you know? Oh, I was going to ask, is that a separate battery then? 
Yeah. So it's a separate little battery. Okay. It looks like a five. It looks kind of like the five hundred milliamp three S batteries we use for the one eighty. Okay. It's like that size. Okay. The the good thing about the system is it it's basically you know you you turn on your you plug everything in you turn it on and it's on standby, and it actually charges the pack while you're flying. And then as soon as you uh you know disconnect or you have a BC brownout or failure. Um, it turns on and supplies power, and then and then you know. And, but then when you like, okay, whatever it is, you, you maybe you ran out of battery power or something. You're on your main pack. You put a new pack in, and it starts charging that battery back up. So it's, it's for the most part, it's maintenance free. That is pretty cool. Um, the only thing you do have to do is remember to turn it off. And I, I, I I'm not 100 percent sure. I thought it is auto on. It senses when there's power coming to it. That it automatically turns on, but I could be mistaken. You might have to turn it on too. So I got my Oxy Three. I got the Hobbywink 50 amp that I just got in. The Neo's on its way, so hopefully I'll be able to get that up by this Saturday. Cool. Uh, flying with. So now that is the last Neo. My whole fleet is now converted to V Control and V Bar Neo. The last Neo. The last. The one. Um, or as we like to call him, Mister Anderson. But um, but that I mean that's with my current heli fleet. <laughs> I like I like to just throw that in there, you know, just in case I get another heli. Anyways. Oh, I see. Um, and guess what? What? Well, you know, I sent you and uh, you know Chris and Anthony the picture. This uh, was it today or yesterday morning? Yesterday morning. Oh yeah. My Cano mod custom canopy is finally painted. Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy cow, man! It's been a month. It's been over a month since the order's been put in. It's been a month since we paid. Yeah, you know, I listened to our podcast. I think yesterday, the one mm-hmm. from from the Friday release that we recorded, you know, earlier two weeks yeah. ago. And uh, yeah, you were talking about that then, and I was like, oh man, I wonder if you even got that. So I didn't get it yet, but I saw a picture of it. Well, that's good and- news because you usually get it. Well, within a week of that, yeah, that picture. Yeah, so they basically it's painted up. All they have to do is we gave the final approval uh, yesterday. It should be a today or tomorrow. It should be clear coated, and then basically I don't even know if they like really let it dry. I think they just like clear coated and wait like six hours and then pack it up and ship it because you know I when we got the links canopies, those the uh, oxy canopies they uh they ha- they ha- they smell like clear coat to me. Like they smell like paint, you know. Yeah, and that's why I made that sound when I was taking it out of the package. <laughs> right because it was yeah. still wet uh-huh so i'm excited i want to get this in yeah i want to see um, that too man i mean and the color scheme i picked wow <laughs> yeah you have I, balls i have balls flying I, that balls. this is freaking obnoxiously <laughs> bright and, and it's not because i want to be a douchebag or anything but like I just I want to have visibility. I don't want to have to worry about it. And I want something that stands out. So when I fly, and you know, you know how it gets at our field when it's overcast. Like, yeah, you know, you can't see anything but a silhouette. So the brighter I can make the damn canopy, I mean, hopefully it in turns makes it easier to see when it's overcast. Yeah, so, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, wow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, besides that. I have some money set aside, surprisingly, after I ordered all this crap recently. I'm going to get a new charger. I just don't know which one. Yay. 
my Eternity. What's the name of it again? Old Faithful. No, uh, yeah, my Old Faithful. The reactor. The reactor, yes. The reactor, three hundred watt, twenty amp, six um, S capable charger. Will now be my secondary charger. If not, I will actually think about selling it for like, or just giving it to someone. To tell you the truth, I need some help. I don't know what charger to get. Well, what were your choices? Okay, I charger, forty ten duo, three o eight duo, or four o six duo. Ugh. Those are the three for my charger, and and the reason I'm I'm, I'm even considering the 4010, was that's I guess the, like the biggest top of the line charger. It's it's only like fifty bucks more than the 406, and it's only like sixty bucks or seventy bucks more than the 308. You know, like I don't know, just for that little bit more money, getting something that can handle even more amps. Even if I never use it, just having the components I know that in there are rated for those higher amps, and if I draw less amps. You know, I just feel like it'll last longer. Hmm. You yeah. know, than than buying a charger that's thirty amps and me peaking it out thirty amps every time I charge. I didn't realize it was just that much more money. Like well which the three not, the three oh eight the three oh eight is two sixty nine. Yeah. The four oh six is two ninety nine and the four ten is three twenty nine. Oh, okay. So so it's like, yeah, it's thirty yeah, like sixty, seventy bucks difference from the three oh eight to the forty ten. So, and and I'm actually looking on eBay, which is like twenty dollars cheaper than that. You know, so I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but it's either that eye charger, and I know eye chargers. Uh, you know, everyone at our field, for the most part, is like eye charger, eye charger, eye charger. You know, but um, yeah, I like mine. I kind of wanted to try something different. Um, you know, maybe for. You know, maybe it'd be beneficial for like, oh, you know, you try something different so you guys can also check it out. Or or it could be a, you know, it could be a death sentence with buying a charger <laughs> that like, you know, doesn't work and no one else knows how to use it. But um, it's the Rev Electrics. Okay. The power Lab, power, wait, Dual Power Lab 8. Oh, so boy. It's kind of like the uh, 38 or, or 4010 Duo. Where it's a dual charger, dual isolating charger within. It does, I think, 40 amps per channel or, so, or close to that. Um, you, and it, it does also, um, it's 40 amps per channel. It, it does up to eight cells. Oh, wow. I'll never go past six, really. So, but, so it's like a 30, it's like a 308 duo, but it's like a 408 duo almost, you know, as far as the, the ratings of what it can handle and stuff. And that price is about the same as the 4010. Hmm. They're, they're both about 330, 340 bucks. So I don't know. So I think your choices are 4010 or the, what is it? Uh, op, not OptiPower. The Power Lab. Power Revo, Labs. Yeah, Revo Electrics, Revo Electrics. Yeah. Um, and that's the ones that, you know, the RCHN guys, uh, Nick, you know, raves about. You should uh, see if that you can the, the text quote- him or email him, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bump Su- charger. Sudisas. Yeah, I was going to ask if that's the bump charger. Yeah, that, so you can get the $150 bump charger option, which those tags can also work with the Mikado UI, not the, the Mikado RF. 
or the battery ID tag. Yeah, that's it. The battery ID tag. Yeah, I don't know, man. That just sounds like too much. I guess if you, it's like anything else, if it's working, it's probably great. But uh, I mean, but think about this. So, okay, I plug in my seven hundred, my my five thousand twelve S pack into my seven hundred. Boom. I got the Mikado um, battery ID tag. I don't have to select the battery. It just, boom, hey, I know this is battery number one. This is the rating. This is uh, the, the specs. Okay. Then I fly. I take it off. And I go, okay, put it on this charger. Boop. Oh, this is battery number one. You charge it at, you know, 3C, 10,000 milliamps, 6S setup. Start. See, I just think of it as like, I have $100. Boop. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> when I could do the same thing by hitting a couple of buttons, I don't know. But That's it has just... battery login. Yeah, it logs. So the Mikado will log in in my which in I my do. Radio. I don't do at all. Yeah, you don't do it at all. I at least I do the tick marks at least. You know, yeah. like scratch, scratch, scratch. Like you know, little like, black marker. Like you're in prison. Yeah, <laughs> as the days go by, one, two, three, four, cross. One, two, three, four, cross. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because they wear out. I know. That's why I stopped doing that. I did that a while ago. So, no, what I do is like, okay, I know there's one set of five here, one set of five here. So I'm like, I just write in five, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> Jeez. You know, I, I, I want to keep track. I mean, my 380 batteries, there's a couple of those batteries I have like six, uh, like 50 or, yeah, 50 or 60 cycles on them. Yeah. And that's good to know. Like, hey, this is 60 bucks I spent or 50 bucks on this pack. I'm glad I'm getting, I'm, I've gotten at least 60 cycles. And hopefully I can hit 100 with them before I feel that they're they can't you know perform anymore. Yeah, I'm at like the year mark. Like, oh, they lasted a year. <laughs> oh, they lasted two years. But then, like, look at look at my three uh, my 700 pack, the first pack that I got. So, um, you know, you, you I think you liked it on Facebook. I posted the the maiden from yeah, a year ago. Yeah, yep. With the, with the 700. So that pack that I have is. Is that year? You know, it's a year old, and until recently, I've only had like ten flights on it. Until like maybe three or four months ago, when I started really putting in the flights on that. Like I flew, you know, we were flying every weekend. I was flying that every weekend. That, but I still only have like twenty cycles in that battery or something. It's a year old, you know. While my Goblin packs, I have four of them, which two of them are when I originally bought them. And those each of those have forty fifty cycles on them easily, yeah, you know, so the time is hard to say because you know you don't put as you might not put as many flights on that pack no, as you did with these other ones, you know, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah, but then and if I could have a, a thing do it for me and I don't have to carry a damn sharpie or ask you for a sharpie anymore, I mean you know I think I don't know if it's worth a hundred fifty bucks to tell the truth, obviously, but um you know eventually. I don't know if this will ever happen, but there might be a time where I'm all out of things to buy. Can I even say that? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, if I'm right now I'm struggling to really buy stuff. I'm upgrading things now because I'm like, eh, you know. It might. You keep flying helicopters, you might run out of things to buy. You know, I mean, and then, like, if I do buy a new helicopter, it's not going to, like, I'm going to sell something and, and then buy a new helicopter. So, you know, it's not going to cost me full out blown price like the. The 700 cost me when I bought that thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and a lot of parts I'm going to trade, right? Like, if I were to sell the 700, I would sell the airframe, but I'd probably keep the motor, power setup, ESC, all that stuff, 
the servos, fly wireless units. So I would just have to buy an airframe. I wouldn't have to buy, you know, unless I wanted to, of course. But um, I wouldn't have to buy all the electronics again. Or, or same thing like the 570, right? If I take the 570 and said, okay, I don't want the 570 anymore. I want another 700. Servos, fly wireless unit. Um, the only thing I would need is a motor and ESC. Right. You know, oh, and battery packs. You know, but I would sell those battery packs. I would sell the motor and the ESC. And I would, you know, I'd probably get for the KSC maybe six, $700 for the airframe, you know, um, or maybe maybe eight, you know, for the airframe, battery packs, um, motor and ESC. And the person only needs a fibers unit and, and servos. Yeah. Um, if you have suggestions on a charger, email us. Or, you know, reply to the Facebook post of this uh, episode release. Let me know what, what kind of charges you have, what, what you recommend, and, you know, I'll take a look and, you know, take everyone's opinions and see what I could uh, help me make a better judgment on this call. Because I want to order something, uh, hopefully, you know, to get it in time for the, the fun fly. So we'll see. Cool. All right, Kevin, let's go to the wrap up. Let's wrap it up. I was checking Podbean, and I'm so happy to announce that we are no longer in the continental United States. We have a listener in Alaska or one accidental download in Alaska. <laughs> like I say accidental Thank download. Thank you. I don't know what you're flying up in Alaska other than, like, Hobby King Tundra because that kind of, like, meets what goes on up in Alaska. <laughs> hey, you can fly a helicopter up there. I mean, you yeah, have to probably keep your battery packs in a heated warmer but no, hey. dude, there's been times in the winter time it's it's warmer in juneau alaska than it is here in jersey true i know because i've checked but uh <laughs> really <laughs> yeah uh so that was awesome I, I thanks to all our listeners and and our new one in uh alaska nice. and in the world i checked i uh, i don't i should have started to keep track of this but that's just the way it goes yeah Romania, Malaysia, India, Ireland. I know I've mentioned all of them. Bahamas, two people are on vacation and downloaded us. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe episode 100, I'll go down the whole list. Yeah. That sounds good. So, we have some Facebook likes, right? Yep. We are at a total of 196. Nice. Four more to go. Awesome. Um, I, What are we doing at 200? I don't know. We're going to have a week without an episode just to give everybody a break <laughs> um i don't know maybe we'll have like some kind of uh contest or something yeah facebook yeah. only yeah we'll do like a facebook contest or something and you know maybe we'll we'll give away that reactor charger mm, possibly i also have a zmr 250 quad frame i'd probably i'm willing to let someone have for free i don't I don't need it. Yeah, we could yeah. probably come up with something to give away. Yeah, we should think about it. All right, we'll figure some out. But uh, I think some of these names I feel like I've mentioned already. But I'll just go through it again. So if you, you know, if I did mention it already, cool. If not, it's all good. So we got Andrea Woodvine, Darren Wolsey, Anthony Minichino, Kevin Leonard Turner, Leonard Turner, yeah, or Leonard Turner, sorry. I was, for some reason, I, I wanted to say Leonardo. Anyways, uh, this one's, um, I don't know if I'll pronounce this right at all, but it's Per Emilson. Emilson? That's good enough. 
Chris Kitts, Matt Plowman. Let's see here. Scroll down the list. Andreas Garden, Benjamin Shaw, Timothy Greenlee, Gregory John. Dyke. Is it Dyke? Dyke? Yeah, I guess. D-Y-C-K. Okay. Are you afraid to say Dyke? No. I just don't know if it's Dyke or... Or Dick? <laughs> yeah. Are you afraid to say Dick? Kyle no, Stacy, Kyle Stacy, Kyle Stacy. <laughs> I just don't want to... I don't want to offend people like, damn. You don't want to offend I anybody? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we should just right. shut this off right now. Oh, man. All right. Pew. No. All right, so Alex Neiler, Alex Neiler, Ian Goldberg. All right. Whew. Okay. Most offensive part of the show. China, 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 China. So, dude, I, I, since we were on, I was on vacation, dude. I didn't even look at Facebook comments or stuff like that, man. I just been, I dropped the ball on that, and the website comments. But I know on Podbean, I did see we got a, a new listener. We had a new follower, I should say, on Podbean. YouTube mm-hmm. Access 7 has started following us. Nice. And I think I mentioned Simon H01. He also was following us. Nice. Cool. Thanks, guys. There's also a note here. Yeah, just some uh, Javier emailed us about uh, another vendor to, you know, take a look at. Oh, right. Uh, we, yeah, we can mention that now here. Let's see here. So Javier wrote um, he has a new main vendor that he uses. Uh it's called anythingheli.com uh, that we should take a look. It's the same price as Heli Direct. Had had several uh, times where Heli Direct doesn't have this item that you know in stock, and they do have them. Uh, they're usually the first thing to show up, even if ordered one day after placing an order with another vendor. So I guess, yeah. So I guess they're really quick on their shipment, shipping and shipment. Helps that they're in Wisconsin, so they're very close to me. I guess uh, Javier's out in the uh, West Coast West, or Midwest. Yeah, I was going to say Midwest. Wisconsin is probably well, closer to the East Coast than than the West Coast. Okay. I am terrible at geography. Obviously. So, uh, <laughs> so they still process the shipping <laughs> the same day. Awesome service. Highly recommend it. Give them a try. Um, I'm looking for a new charger and, you know, I would, yeah, I'll take a look. That's cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the, thanks for the info there. I'll try them out. I'll, I'll give them a look. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really check out iTunes. I, I checked iTunes. I didn't see it. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So drop us an iTunes review and we'll read it on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com with any questions comments feedback hate mail you know suggestions for steve suggestions you know and where he can go to get his charger yes which charger where to get them you know if you had any experience with the eye chargers compared to uh the revelatrix power labs i love to hear it you know i know that the menu structure and the way you charge is different Completely different with each other. So, yeah, let me know. Uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, freefallrcpodcast.com. We got that, uh, let's see here, flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free 4 podcast. Thanks, see, Nick. I had a Nick there. Yeah, you know. 
come and stop by. You know, bust next chops. Come on. It'll be fun. Yay. <laughs> you don't sound too enthused. I'll give you a topic. He just had some surgery done, so bust his chops on surgery. Yes, he had a rhinoplasty. Yeah, he got a nose implant. He was having nose job. He was having trouble. No, I think what what he wise off to too many people and got belted in uh, across the face with a vodka bottle or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, I think no, it was th- a car accident. Was it a car accident? Oh, something like that. Yeah, yeah he sent was- us pictures. I mean, it wasn't recently that he got in a car accident, but I think he'd just been messed up from it, right? For a while. Yeah, yeah. Like his, you know, he wasn't able to really breathe out of one side for like the longest time right now, or something like that. So yeah, he got. I think. Uh, so now he's, he's well. He can breathe. Now he's even better looking. I mean, I'm not saying that from me being a male, but uh, the little chicks on Facebook seem to dig him. And uh, I remember there was a couple of girls that were like, oh, you're so cute and all gaga over him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So now he's even Uh, more of a lady killer. Next to ladies, man. Huh? Yeah. Nice. The Velvet Hammer. Oh, man. All right. So on that note, (laughs) free us, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you, guys. All right. Take care. (laughs) It all went down now, dude. Oh, it always does. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's because it starts to get late. It's just like a little delirious. And, you know, I think that's the way most podcasts go.